Akira. I don't know who that is. What's good, man? <laughs> I mean, lately, everything, man. You know, it's a brand new year, essentially. If you follow the astral, uh, astral effect of it all, which yeah. I do because I'm a woo-woo. <laughs> uh, it's I, you know, I didn't to buy into that stuff, but then like I started noticing things a lot more, and I was like, wait a minute, maybe everything is connected. You had like that. <laughs> the lonely stoner in the evening moment where you're like okay man yeah i mean i i, I get i have my moments i have my moments where i'm a bit of a uh uh mystic <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah. that's what it is i yeah. i have those moments man yeah i, I have those like, moments. i feel like it's just part of being like someone who's like is creative in, in any capacity like i feel like it yeah just, i feel like you have to sort of have that side to you if you don't, yeah, I, you're just gonna you're gonna be making like just corporate boring, <laughs> you know what I mean? Computer might it's, as well be an AI. You might as well be an AI. You know what I mean? I was gonna say, it, I thinking about it like when your job is thinking about stuff full time. Mm-hmm. One of the unintended side effects is overthinking about stuff in your free time. <laughs> this is this is true. This is very true. It's also one of those things too where. Um, I do, I do believe that uh, people don't necessarily, what's the word I'm looking for here? I, I think that we think that we know so much, you know what I'm saying? As, as just, yeah. as, as people living in the world that we live in, in society, like this, this idea that like humans, some people are really bought into this idea that we've got everything figured out. Oh, sure. And that's like the biggest sort of uh, self-delusion that we, you know what I mean? Like that you could have. It's like we don't, most things we don't know. Like the world, the way the world exists and the way the world runs is completely limited by sort of the lack of imagination of humans as a fucking race of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. And like there's far, far, far more about not only our world, but you know, the greater world or universe that we have no fucking idea about, you know? So it's just sure. funny to me like that, like when you really start to look at like how we, what, what, what we are as people, um, this idea of a, of this, of a thing called life, it is really one of those things where it's like, it's kind of all kind of magic. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. When you really think about it, it's kind of like, you know, like how could you be so, um, I don't know, just, so non-believing in anything beyond sort of the realm of human perception like you know what i'm saying again yeah. we're limited by that too our perception the way we perceive things is based on the senses right you know like you know what you see what you smell what you touch what you taste but like those are our only tools by which we can sort of you know measure external things in, in the world that we interact with but there's so much beyond that like you know what i'm saying who's to say Obviously, there's this notion of the sixth sense, right? But who's to say there's not a, uh, a whole other sort of thing we can't actually uh, even interact with? I mean, that's the idea of like parallel dimensions and shit, too. You know what I mean? But 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 even beyond that, I'm not even talking on that level. I just mean on a, like there's just certain things we can't perceive because we are limited by the bodies that we inhabit, which is yeah. very on topic when we're talking about <laughs> 
like smooth a, segue, like homie. Segue. I'm getting kind of good at this shit. I was, I was going to say, man, it has been a day of me just philosophizing with my mm-hmm. homies because all I've been doing is talking to people about like big picture things. And I'm like, yeah. speaking of big pictures, let's talk about this 1200 page epic. Let's talk about this thing. Uh, welcome, everyone, to uh, Akira Pilled or Akira for those who like the Japanese uh, pronunciation of of the word uh i have i have an obsession with uh akira um and i have on uh returning guests to uh my podcast even though this is sort of its own podcast within the umbrella of uh mas uh carl slominski am i saying your what? last name right yeah you're one of the few people that got it right on i the always first always, always always very self-conscious about that i hate it like when i know people and i fuck their names up uh because you know as you as you know, I talk about a lot of like foreign like films and foreign art, and I feel like oh I yeah, you're cultured. Yeah, I, I feel like I fuck names up constantly, so very very aware of that. But uh, I brought Carl on. Um, Carl is, as you all probably are aware of, um, if you listen to MAS, um, Carl. And if you have good taste, and if you have great taste, Carl <laughs> is a artist. I don't even want to call. I don't want to limit you to just being someone who is. Uh, a, someone who draws are like you also write and you're just all around sort of creative you live the creative life in a real way um not in unintentionally too i realized that the other day i'm like you kind of do everything you yeah. weirdo you exactly who you wanted to be when you were a kid yeah i feel like that's that's like that's you know that's just uh when you're when you're a true part of the tribe as i call i feel like that's just a uh, by default I you kind of you kind of want to be uh or even if you're not uh efficient at every sort of uh, facet of creativity you sort of kind of want to be able to do it with a certain level of aptitude regardless you know what i mean like it's not yep. it's not one of those things because you just because the the goal is to have as much uh flexibility and in, in, in crafting and creating a thing and putting it out into the world um as possible and the only and the best way to do that is to know how to do as much as possible uh, and I feel like if you have that instinct, then, you, you know, then you're definitely uh, one of us. Uh, and if you don't, then you're one of those weird people who I know who, I mean, I, I take shots at people all the time, like who I feel like you just want to be a screenwriter, you know, um, or you just want to be this one thing. And I guess I should probably <laughs> chill on that because <laughs> it's not like I really have, it's not like I really I have any sort of uh <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of a sanded down ryan jackson i'm not here for that party <laughs> i'm here for the fire talk i'm here for I the mean, shots I'm fired. Get, I, it's, it's unavoidable it's just part of who i am you know i'm gonna give you you're a sterly b my friend and you do it well <laughs> like you don't pull punches and most of the time they're deserving of it mm. <laughs> you know i say it, most of the time like i don't disagree with you i'm like <laughs> i don't actually he's usually right and they're usually wrong yeah you know it's just i don't know you know it is part of my uh, i mean i feel like if you've walked this path uh you just kind of you encounter certain types and 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 they become they become part of your own narrative you know what i mean oh yeah because it's sort of like you have to sort of deal with not only uh the people who are in positions to sort of uh acquire work or your services as a as a creative person or artist but you also have peers that you're going to like sort of rub shoulders with both uh by choice and 
sort of by just necessity and usually um, the latter more yeah yeah and when you do that you just encounter these these types over and over again you know um but one of the things that i did encounter over and over again in my life are people who like akira <laughs> and akira um and that's why i brought carl on uh but specifically to folk we're, we can touch on um we could touch on akira in greater sort of uh detail in terms of the the anime um and in terms of just the overall totality of the whole six volumes but i wanted to focus specifically on volume one uh with this sort of first sort of initial akira pilled uh episode so with that said uh for those who aren't aware i'm actually holding I'm actually holding volume one. Oh, yeah you go we got it we got it now what up brother flip the spine carl flip, flip the spine which one do you got you got the Kadansha, yeah. the Kadansha Ryu. Yeah. yeah, I do too. See, so I have back here. Well, yo, this is this is fun fact. This mm -hmm. is my most Jack series in any books that I own in my collection. I had the original Kadansha from the eighties. Mm -hmm. I had the Dark Horse reprints, and every time I lent them to a friend, I never fucking get them back. I mean, honestly, if you're gonna keep something from somebody, it's th it's this. <laughs> yeah, but yo, know. all six volumes. You're gonna you're gonna steal six volumes. That's a bold move, yeah, sirs and madams. But if it is gonna be something, it's gotta at least you can respect it. It's a, it's Akira, but I have yeah. least, I have the other six right there. Um, right the majority on. of them are the Kadansha new, the new ones, but um, two of them are the Dark Horse version, which came out before which are the same yeah. exact thing. Uh, yeah. But for those that don't know, um, Akira, um, how do you not know what Akira is? First of all, I first came into sort of my, uh, my uh, awareness of Akira through the anime. Um, yeah, I think most of us did. I think, yeah, I think most of us did where it, it just sort of kind of like blew my mind. Like I didn't even know what I felt about it when I first saw it. It actually changed my, um, my way of even viewing what anime was because i think at a certain time when i yeah. first saw it i was like oh anime can be this other thing that i just my young mind wasn't even uh i couldn't even wrap wrap it around it was a weird time culturally speaking too because like mm -hmm. it kind of paved the way for the western like anime and manga output because prior to yeah. akira coming over like first it was like a limited theatrical release that was in like art house films places. And then it just kind of through word of mouth became this big thing. And it was like one of the first export VHS tapes that yeah. like you'd have to seek out at like comic shops and stuff like that. And it yeah. really like pushed down the doors for things like Neon Genesis Evangelion and uh, Ghost in the Shell, which yeah. we yeah. would have never gotten those stateside if it wasn't for that one yeah. movie. It's, it's a seminal, it's a seminal work. And and to give a little brief sort of like uh, publication history, uh, Akira uh, is by um, Katsuhiro Otomo. Um, and it, I believe- You nailed the pronunciation too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to fuck up Otomo's name. <laughs> uh, but it was serialized monthly, I believe, in um, like December of 1982, which I would have been like- Young Magazine. Yep. In Young Mag, yep, in Young Magazine. And I think it was, for, it, 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 was pub, it was serialized from December of- 82 to June of 1990, I believe, um, in Japan. Yep. And as you said, in a manga magazine called Young, which is which, which was published by Kodosha. Um, yeah. And basically, uh, I think- Well, actually, it's real, real quick to, to yeah. point out though, the mm -hmm. 
Japanese comics industry is run so completely different than the American one in that mm. it's not individual issues of a title. So you're not getting like monthly installments of Akira. Yeah. You're getting yeah. a phone book of comics with mm. installments in it. Mm. And they're sold that way strictly because of just the culture of the busy to go, whatever. Everybody's reading manga everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So it's serialization is like very dense, like very dense. Right, right. I think it's um, uh, Kira's like six collected volumes, which totals over 2000 pages. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of fucking drawing, as you would know, as someone who draws it. Like, and not only not only a lot of drawing, but like detailed, crazy, unbelievable fucking yes. art. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where you're looking at this and you're looking at the shit, like the cartooning, the rendering, uh, just I'm all like, the damn I, perspective yeah it's just like this is just I mean, tomo was just operating on a different level like you don't come across shit like this when you re- even when you read a lot of shit you just there's a clear difference between when you pick up volume one and you fucking besides the fact that you get once you get past like the bad paintings of the first <laughs> of the first i like those man <laughs> those paintings aren't good but 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 once you see what like once you get past that and you see that like the first like Oh, when it's all quill and brush stuff. The highway, just this it. fucking highway, dude. Oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, immediately, you're just sort of like, oh, like, it just sort of makes you like immediately aware of like, this is, you're you're in the you're in the hands of of someone who's very, a very capable, uh, creative creative artist. Like, where Akira is one of those few rare titles, I think. And 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 Carl, you could. Uh, let me know if you agree or not, but I think it's like both like technically amazing and also like really cool. And usually, usually it's either one or the other. In my experience, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I like, like I like that. That's that's a statement that it's like maybe you're going to disagree with me. I'm like, no, there are very few comics that are technically right and cool. They're very rarely. It's usually cool and it's not great technically, or it's like technically great but not cool. But this is like the fucking perfect, uh, just like. It is like, and, and as much as like the mo- much as like the anime was like this seminal thing that really like most people in America I feel like are aware of to some degree. Uh, yeah. And as great as the anime is, and I do the anime is great. Like the manga surpasses it, which is saying a lot. Which says yeah. a lot, you know what I mean? Like the manga is even greater, uh, and the anime is a very a very much a truncated version of 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 the manga because for one, um, the manga. Uh, well, I well Akira. To, to track back a little bit to the beginning, like I believe I, I looked into this a little bit and I did a little bit of my homework on this. And like Akira was in 1988, Akira was translated into English, colorized and flipped to like the American orientation by Marvel. Like, well, technically yeah. epic. Because well, well, yeah, Marvel well, had an imprint called Epic Comics, which put out right, stuff by right. like Mobius and eventually Bilal, Atoma, right. like they made the cool stuff like it was probably the last good idea marvel had no wonder it's not there anymore um yeah, so, but yeah i have those too yeah those are, yeah those are the, the those are the colored versions so i feel like that was they was for u.s readers so i feel like the first time um a lot of people in the u.s were uh exposed to acura was this colorized version um, i believe so for most yeah. people at least and, and those are like, way harder to find too yeah they are they're out there but they're harder to find and it's it's interesting because like this happened like when they when I when they did this when Marvel did this through Epic or or uh, uh, like uh, when they published this this was like at a time where like a, not a lot of manga was being like released in the United States. No uh, manga was being right. Manga, it was like, me. it was basically <laughs> that's what we called it then. Yeah, it was it was basically non-existent. But like simultaneously at the same time, I think 
uh, that's when Akira, the anime, was being released in Japan yep. um, in theaters. Um, and then, like, I think uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm like racking my my memory here from from what I was looking into, but like Marvel, like, never actually finished like releasing like the trade paperbacks of Akira. Like, they never got to volume six. By the time, they yeah, were, they had like yeah. three that were collected. That was it. Yeah, so they never actually finished like uh, uh, that, and then like. So it stopped. And then around like, I think 2009, now I could be wrong about this, but I think it was 2009, right? Was when um, I think, or not, not 2000, was it? Or was it 2000? I think 2000 is when Dark Horse started republishing, right? Yeah. I think it was about that. I was like, I was out of high school or some, something like that. And like, uh, they started republishing Akira in English. And that's when they put out basically this exact same book. Yeah. Like uh, 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 basically, they put out uh, the 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 Kira in all six volumes, and but they did it in the original sort of manga black and white style, um, yeah. as opposed to the color. Um, and then at a certain point, I think in two thousand nine is when when Kadansha came came back and took the rights back and re released yeah. it and just basically put their name on the spine because <laughs> it's the same exact <laughs> shit. It's the same. Like, I That's a pimp move. <laughs> I looked up like it's the same the dark horse in the fucking in the Kadasha releases the same exact one until yeah. which I don't have but I keep seeing people have is it that, the damn box set that box set that beautiful box Yo. set that he put out in 2017 oh, oh. that I'm like it's like 127 dollars uh, <laughs> worth every penny I can't wait I can't I'm gonna buy it like I have all six volumes but I'm gonna fucking buy it like oh um, yeah this is a double dipper because someone's yeah, gonna you, steal my copies again you know that's gonna yeah happen. you've gotta you've you've really gotta uh um uh, you really got you've got to own this i mean like i don't see how i mean even even now when i just open this book and i just flip to to certain certain things one of the one of the first things that i i will know would notice in comparison to sort of the, the movie is uh the movie i noticed this and, and carl you you're you're far more uh steeped in the comics world than me obviously uh unfortunately you meant unfortunately <laughs> but uh um one of the things I noticed about the manga was how cartoony um, Otomo is, is in, in comparison to the when he made the anime. The anime, the anime is more like like on model, right? Like in terms yeah, it's of a like, lot more of a straightforward animation yeah, style. Yeah, but that's but because like, you've got like a studio behind yeah. you working on that, as opposed to little old you scratching yeah. away at a board. And I liked, I actually liked the way he sort of exaggerates and does the cartooning, you know what I mean, in this manga, in a way that's like really cool. It, it like fits the like the overall tone of of, of, of the manga. Um, and also just, again, like how much more, how different, how different the manga is, is established in this first volume and obviously across the whole six volumes. Uh, how different it is from the uh, the anime the actual movie and how like by the end of the movie you're not even quite 100 certain what or who akira is <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? <laughs> you know what i mean like you know i realized that the other day when i was watching it yeah like, you, I was like, you, get, hmm. <laughs> you get a very a very uh, uh clear picture of of who akira is in the manga um i guess i guess part of that is due to the fact that like it be like by the time i mean i mean otomo wasn't even finished with the manga by the time they started production on on the actual anime um so he kind of did like um it's a situation where like 
it's like a Game of Thrones situation, but except that George <laughs> R. Martin never finished. <laughs> like, you know, and, and Otomo being a goat that he is, he actually finished. He actually fucking finished his fucking book. Um, uh, but I always thought, <laughs> I found a really great anecdote while he was, because he had done stuff before uh, he even got into Akira. He actually cut short a story he was doing for Young mm. uh, so he could get started on Akira when he did. And he was just like, yeah, I sacrificed that other story so I could do something I was into. And I was like, and it's this one like yeah good choice because i don't think anyone really remembers that one prior to that unless you're a huge otomo fan right but and the movie the movie is so like ingrained in my brain that, oh like, that's it's one of those establishing movies if you see it at the right age yeah like, like so like even when rereading like you know um this going back through and then and being like yo uh I can't believe, like, I'm just like, it's hard for me to separate the movie from this. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. even though it's very different, like, again, yeah, like I've said this already, it's very different, but like, even I just find myself hearing the music, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like and stuff like that, because it's so like iconic at this point. And so uh, it's, there's so many associations that, that are made by, by just even saying Akira. Like I almost by default think the movie do you think the movie <laughs> or, 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 or is it one of those things where you think the manga, because I feel like the manga is like, again, I've already said this, but the manga is even better, but the movie had it because the movie hit the way the movie hit. Yeah. The movie is the, the sort of first thing that like most people in America encounter. It still mm -hmm. has that imprint or that level of like uh, almost sway or influence uh, or bias when you come into uh, reading the manga, and and I feel like the expectation is almost at least when I first when I first started reading this, um, the expectation was like, oh, the manga so the anime so great, but in me, I'm, you quickly realize like, oh yeah, this is like even better. It's got you know to. I mean, you know what I mean. So it's like the thing I, that I find interesting about that though is I feel like all of us found the manga because of the anime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like it's especially during that era when you know import stuff wasn't so readily available there was no such thing as an american manga market at the time so like you saw akira you found out there's a book you're like shit i'm gonna look that up and then you see it and it kind of changes your perspective on especially for me like what the medium could be yeah because this thing is god tier work like six volumes two thousand pages and it is not once does it feel like it's wasting space yeah everything has a purpose you know what's very interesting about about um, about, oh, about there's so much. Let me just say, that. There's, so, there's so much. That's interesting. We do have a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack here. It's not like it's, pr it's pretty. It's, it's a very uh, a deep well <laughs> when yeah. it comes to like what's interesting about Akira uh, in Otomo. Uh, but but uh, reading sort of like I'm I've as as of late in my life I've been I've become more not only Akira pill, but manga pill, <laughs> which where, where I've been like more in a manga phase where I feel like manga is just something that I've, be, I've come to. Um, maybe that's because American comics are so like, I don't know. Again, maybe you agree with me. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you for a loop here. <laughs> that's the reason I read a lot of manga now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's funny to me that like manga was so influenced by like, 
DC and Marvel comics from the 60s and 70s that they're like, oh, they do wacky zany ideas. We can do wacky zany ideas too. And then somehow American comics got safe. And like, I noticed, especially creators, by the time I got to comic book school, which is a thing that I went to, <laughs> we were more influenced by stuff from Japan and France and shit like that, because it was the only place where new interesting ideas were being explored and like drawn at such a massive, massive level of skill. And like you look at an American comic now, I don't think I'd ever want to become a comic book artist. It's yeah. just yeah, boring. It's pretty... It's pretty uh... I don't know. I just feel very uninspired. There's not a lot of like, I feel like there's not a lot of Frank Miller's, you know what I'm saying? No, there's no, there's no creator, like single creator artist writers anymore. Like there's like one or two, but they're not, they shouldn't be held to the level that they are because they're not that good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's very, I mean, like, I don't know, I guess maybe, maybe uh, creator, the creator owned space or uh, maybe there's like, there's always interesting stuff I find like I find myself like if I go into a comic store I feel like you know where I would go would be the dollar bin hell yeah and that's all I shop in and I'd be looking for like Like, uh outlaw comics type shit hell yeah the weird shit oh oh you (laughs) kayfabe simp outlaw comics I mean for real though like that that is a genre that is a genre right right um I love um, it and like uh uh Oh, that's right. You read Fist of the North Star recently, too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Fist of, I love Fist of the North Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A it's fight like, comic. It's a fight comic. It doesn't overthink anything. It's just a guy yeah, beating just someone people, up. Just people fighting. Like, it's just <laughs> fucking episodes on the whole volumes of just a fight. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. great. It's that's fucking great. awesome. But, like, no, I mean, what I mean by that is, like, just the, this, the stuff that's, like, weird that, like, just some some person put, decided to put out that didn't, you know, that didn't, um, that's a singular vision as sort of, yep. like, uh, not because marvel's corporate like it is it is corporate shit like you know what i'm saying like especially wait a minute now, what <laughs> especially now that it's been like uh purchased and owned by disney for a fair amount of time now that in dc obviously owned by warner brothers i mean i i'm always shitting on the movies you know what i mean and i i rarely check in on the comics um unless not missing anything right unless like i'm about to do uh an mas episode on um um, snicked, but that's nice. only be- that's only because I like Nime and uh, I'm fucking his name. Look at you, deep cuts. Yeah, Look like but, but that's because I like Blam and like he's obviously he does manga, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and and, and uh, 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 so I'm like, oh, I'll I'll, I'll read a five, ep- I, I, which I just did. I'll read a little five episode, five issue mini series of that shit because I'm like, oh, cool. It's like Wolverine and Blam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's the type of shit that I would appeal to my sensibilities at this point. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, yeah. oh fuck. But like, I'm not really checking for anything coming from the big two. Uh, honestly, um, they don't really put that much time and care into the monthly stuff. So it's like, no, just give me something that I can read in a chunk. Yeah, yeah, like, right. The thing I don't like about the American comics model is so much of it is like the ongoing or the issue to issue thing for a trade collection. And I'm like, I just trade weight if I'm actually curious about something. Yeah, not double dipping on something that I might not like. Yeah, and I I feel like they've coasted on on the brand recognition. Um, no, <laughs> they really they really been. I was I was talking to a buddy of mine who actually works at Marvel, and I was like, bro, I said when we were in school, like you still got pushed into a locker to you know like oh you like Marvel you like X Men, 
fucking nerd get in here and now like you can buy underpants with like wolverine on them yeah yeah it's really That's a weird it's a weird world when like the guys that used to like give you shit for liking something like that thing yeah i mean it's a lot uh, of might, that might be a chip on my shoulder right there i mean but again we come from a certain we're of a certain age so like again like I've yeah said this before on other on other podcasts specifically mas where where like the goal now is to sell out because selling out is is not really a, a concept that to sort of younger people are people working today like it's it's a it's a concept that they don't even grasp like no, they don't no, even no. understand what that means they're like of course what sell out like you mean like get paid get the get the bag like of course i'm gonna do that <laughs> like like i'm not gonna not do that what do you mean like you know what i mean but they're the funniest like thing. they don't even understand what that means when you so i feel like there's a certain person of a certain age uh they just are certain generation they don't even know what that means like it means nothing to them like so I mean, i'll never i i don't think i'll ever lose like that punk guilt <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> like it, my younger self in the pit would be like bro you're wearing a tie to the office what what are you doing yeah you but not to, working not for to, the man not to turn this into a a, a sort of like uh a, a podcast about you know political leanings and whatnot but but i do feel like it has to do with like uh, uh the successful uh, erasing, erasing of Americans' class consciousness. Yeah, uh, that has happened. It got. It's gotten more. It, it's become. It's increased over generations. Like you know, obviously, I feel like the our generation, um, which we're we're more like geriatric millennials or whatever. Like, <laughs> like that was the. That's the tail end of like like we're the first generation really that like grew up with this sort of haze of like a class car like like we didn't even know what that was like we yeah. were like class car like you didn't know what that was like the generations before us did but we quite didn't and every generation that's preceded us has absolutely no idea of that like you know what i'm saying because i f- i fucking feel like i grew up with with no c- class consciousness really like i feel yeah. like it was be- not because it was default like it was like you were either middle class or are you poor are you rich yeah like, you know what I'm saying? Three. Like, one of the three tiers. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally like, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like, really, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like we didn't have, like, our generation didn't, 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 wasn't aware of sort of the struggles that previous generations went through um, in terms of, you know, um, fighting for, for sort of yeah. ideas of like having, you know, 40 hour work weeks and stuff like that. That was shit that like people had to fight for. Or, or, or the idea of a weekend like you know what i'm saying like the weekend wasn't wasn't a thing in previous generations like that was some shit that like other people had to fight for you know what i mean like oh you we need good we get the weekend off um um like we just didn't we just always, I still I don't like, give myself a weekend right right but we just grew up that way i think that's just normal um yeah. then when you actually like look into like the past you're like oh no like that wasn't normal like <laughs> you know what i mean like like I, again so i feel like when you start to talk about the other like the millennial zoomers or whatever like like they have no they're so far they're two times three times removed <laughs> from that shit so it's like there's there are young people who are who are hip to that shit but like there are the few you know what i mean and i feel like the usually like it's interesting to see young people that are sort of I feel like because we live in we live in peak sort of late late capitalism that like now you do have a sort of really young sort of 
starting to get like really young people who are like, what the fuck is wrong with the world we're growing up in? Um, yeah. The questioning of the foundations has gotten younger and younger. And younger. Yeah. Yeah. So it's starting to, it's starting to happen now in, in a way that it just wasn't when we came, you know, uh, came into this, this, this world. So that is to say, I say all that to say, like, when we talk about like just media, right. When we talk about things like television, film, comics, you know what I'm saying? Like these corporate owned sort of corporate owned art, um, corporate, uh, mass distributed art. Uh, yeah. it is very much, you, you have to take into account, um, that we live in a, a society. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we live in a society that is pretty much predicated on, uh, capitalist motivations you know what i mean and and, and it's in it the art is a direct uh reflection of that absolutely um, coming from those things and i feel like yep. outside of those out, outside of that sphere when you start to, to get the stuff that's not going through that sort of corporate like um assembly line you do get art that's a, a direct reaction to the fact that we live in this world that we live in which again, it's it's ironic that Akira is set in 2019. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, I feel like Blade we are Runner, living too. in Akira, like in a, in a lot of ways. We are living that. It doesn't. It's not quite. It's not a one to one comparison. We didn't have mm -hmm. a actual, uh, which we discovered later on in the early early volumes, a nuclear catastrophe that was triggered by a telekinesis a person with telekinesis named akira <laughs> child um that triggered world war three we didn't have that uh in 2019 but we kind of had the soft version of that <laughs> the soft launch for the apocalypse yeah our, our apocalypse was the, the apocalypse was soft launched <laughs> you know what i mean ours like, was more of a long dark tea time yeah, of the, the soul the, the dystopia is actually a, a slow and like in, in moves in, at a fucking snail-like pace and we just oh, it's it, rough. not immediate like it's it comes to you over time like you're like at a certain point you realize oh yeah we we do live in the dystopia <laughs> uh we do live in this and that's why i feel like cyberpunk has become a um which akira is is a seminal uh cyberpunk uh work but but i feel like cyberpunk has become there's been a resurgence or a, a new sort of interest in in the subgenre uh because the world is basically that like yeah we're here now <laughs> yeah like cyberpunk is always a big theme of cyberpunk is always like corporations control everything there's no longer governments it's all corporate it's like that's what we live in now because <laughs> the governments yeah, that are normal. are acting in, they're acting in the well they're acting in in basically the everything that they do is is the consideration of the cor of, of corporate sort of uh, uh, sort of whatever sort of corporations want or so what are the things that are beneficial to sort of uh, corporations thriving, continuing to, to make profits. Like, I feel like uh, that's exactly uh, what governs the choices and the legislation that comes down the pipe now, right? Um, sure. So, so, so things like Acura are even in a funny way, even more relevant today. And uh, more important too. Like I think- yeah. I mean, it, it, the cultural impact that Akira had without people even acknowledging or realizing it as like where we are now, like this thing had a ripple effect that it's just amazing to think like a world before 
its arrival. Like you said, cyberpunk, seminal work. Yeah, the word cyberpunk really wasn't tossed around so commercially, I feel like. I don't think there was a greater understanding of it, of like the visual aspects of it. But uh, I mean, this, this book is dripping with that. Every page. Every page. Now, to get to a little bit back into sort of like volume one, uh, what moment in volume one is your favorite moment? I mean, like... Oh. There's a lot to pick from. Uh, <laughs> I would probably narrow that down to sort of like, because there's so many amazing drawings in here. Like, is there anyone that stands out? Are there any highlights that you remember? Like, I remember, here's the one that for me, right? Just without even like uh, that, the, the, uh, when, uh, what's the, what's the name of the, uh, was it Yama, Yama, Yamamoto? What's the name? Of yes. Is yeah, it Yamamoto? Yeah. I believe so. Am I remembering the name right? when he dies specifically yeah uh that stands out in my mind just the way yama oh it's yamagata right yamagata, yamagata. Yep. like just just as i hold this up for a podcast listeners who can't see just this <laughs> right here the way this is like this is just like amazing to me like it's, it's just, also I keep, every time I look at this book, I'm always amazed at how much happens in one installment. I'm like, sure, it's 300 something pages, but like, yeah. this is the length of like five books over here. Like, this yeah. is incredible. Like, this is one of those books too, where like, you could just literally open it and just look at, just look at it. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not even like, you don't even have to like pay attention to what's going on. It's just every panel, like every panel is just like fucking like, I'm like, holy shit. But I want to talk. Yeah, this is, Go ahead, Carl. This is one of those books that made me. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it's funny. You pointed out the the scene of uh, just that skyline. And for me, that was one of those early, early things that I was like, man, I just want to draw buildings. Like, I want to draw all the buildings. Like, you look at Akira and you're like, why don't Batman comics look this good? Like, could you imagine a Batman comic that had this much attention to detail and buildings? Dude spends half of his life sitting on rooftops contemplating his fucking existence and not once do I see cityscapes that look like Akira. You're what getting you robbed, of, American comic book you, readers. What do you think of the... Uh, I haven't read any of it. and I'm, I'm, I, I consider myself a comics layperson, truthfully. Uh, what do you think of uh, that uh, jock? What do you think of his Batman? I know he has a Batman. He's pretty good. He's like one of those people that they go to for Batman. Like, mm -hmm. I know he's, that he's done some like, pretty I, iconic... Yeah, I, I know that he's doing a Batman. That's all I know. I haven't read any of it. Yeah, I, I, I know he's writing and drawing it. I know he's done some backup stories back in the day. I just, every once in a while, like someone hits on Batman and they make it work, like mm -hmm. in a way that I'm interested. Like the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sal stuff, I'll stand by. Mm -hmm. I like the artwork on Hush, but it's only because it's the first time Jim Lee drew Batman or did a comic in general for like, that, like 20 Hush, years. Isn't that like Scott Snyder or somebody? Uh, no, that was, I think that was also Jeff Loeb. Is Jeff Loeb too? Is Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee? Uh, okay. Yeah. Hush. And that book is still huge. What is Scott? Is Snyder the Court of Owls or some shit like yes. that? Yes. Yeah. It was Court yeah. Of Owls. Okay. Yeah. He did the Court of Owls. He had like a fifty or hundred issue run with Greg Capullo. That stuff's good. I mean, it hits mm -hmm. and misses, but I mean, Capullo is awesome. Greg Capullo's awesome. son draw too. Nah, Greg Capullo's son is way young. Are you sure? Yeah. Or just, am I just thinking that because his name is Greg Capullo Jr. and I'm thinking 
I'm just confusing it because, I, like I said, I'm, could a be comics, it. I'm a comics layperson. <laughs> could be thinking about the Cuberts because the Cuberts got uh, Joe, Andy, and Adam, and Andy and Adam and Joe Cubert's son. That's probably what I'm confusing it with. And they both drew Batman too. So yeah, I dip back in. Like I feel like I'm one of those people who like dips back in and dips out. Like I'll dip back in for a little bit. I'll dip back out. Uh, never completely being like I feel like I'm more. Again, manga is more sort of I don't know. I don't know what it says. I mean, I know what it says. I know what it says about sort of like the medium over here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, the thing is, we just keep on doing the same thing in American comics and manga is still like, let's do Chainsaw Man. That's not a thing that would ever get made stateside mm-hmm. unless it was like an outlaw comic. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, you've got weird ideas. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've like read the back of a manga book and been like, a 14-year-old girl and her imaginary ghost who might be Satan. Like, what? What? I want to read that book. <laughs> well, let's, let's get into that a little bit because a big thing that's interesting about about manga and in, in the contrast about how different it is from sort of western comics right there's a lot of things that are different this is a this is a big one for me so this prepare a, to get some yeah. talking out of me well you know for one thing i noticed this i noticed one um from my understanding is the editors in japan play a lot more of a significant role um, than say editors here in Western comics, but also there's this weird thing about assistance um, in manga, right? That, yeah, you basically have a team working under you. Yeah, and then there's the rare creator who doesn't like. I think Nihei doesn't really use assistance. He's yeah. all himself. But most of these people use assistance because again, if you're if you're making some shit like One Piece, you need assistance. It's talking about fucking thousands of issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. never-ending series. You know what I mean? Like in order for them to sort of like they have assistance. But again, assistance over there, they don't even want credit necessarily. Uh, because the idea of being an assistant is like, well, I'm just doing this to help this specific creator, but like I want to have my own thing. Well, well western comics it's like you get the fucking names of everyone who's done everything on the fucking cover page you like got the penciler and the color and the fucking yeah you know what i'm saying which i guess is a good thing in its own right but um it's just a very it's, a, it's one of those things that i just noticed you know from when i compare and contrast like why do i like this over here more than i like stuff going on uh well i think you hit the nail on the head as far as like editorial is concerned mm-hmm. but i think uh, in you know manga market like an editor over there is much more of a project manager mm. as opposed to someone who's like directly influencing story and whatnot in American comics, the editor is almost God. Mm. Like you have to be one of those big name writers and it's never artist writers. That's like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, okay, do that. Most of the time it's like, here's my treatment. Here's this. You tell me how you want it done differently. And then that editor basically micromanages here's, everything. Yeah. Well, here's how I think about it. Right. I think about the, the editor in comics and maybe I'm off base here. Let me know if you think so. I compare the editor in comics in the West to be akin to uh, like, let's say a showrunner on a TV show here, right? Yeah, and I that's a good comparison. Editor, I can editor in manga in, in, in the East to be more akin to something like a, uh, someone who, a, a throwback to sort of like a, an A and R, an artist development person, yeah, or like a record label, or some shit, where there used to be this idea, which doesn't exist anymore. In the <laughs> but but you know what I mean, where this idea like they're like nurturing and sort of like working directly with the with with the artist to sort of like craft a narrative and a story, and they're really helping sort of like them bring this into fruition in a way where it's like 
it's more about the creator and helping the creator sort of be the best version of themselves as opposed yeah. to it being more about the IP, you know, or, you know what I mean? Like where it's like, no, this is the thing. If the Batman is like this, you got to make a Batman like this. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's exactly how an American editor works too. It's more like uh, brand management as yeah. opposed to the creative team. Yeah. And you know what? Else? And here's another thing that I like, I, I, I find myself fascinated by. So when you look at a book like a cure accurate, right. And, and, uh, how how great the drawings are like like otomo could just flat out draw right <laughs> yeah but and i say this again i've already mentioned this like this is the one of the few that is actually both technically like amazing and really cool uh and when i already mentioned like that's that's rare it's usually one or the other uh i'm really fascinated with with, mong- with mangakas like uh one um yeah where one has got like one punch man and he has like a um, mob cycle 100 like where mm-hmm. one can't really draw right like he's not really good at drawing uh but it kind of shows you but he's really good at comics yeah you know what i'm saying well and that's because i mean manga is more about that's the two different skills like it's two yeah. different skills though like because we all and i'm sure you read way more comics than me carl and you i read comics. less than you think man but you more than me I read like, as much as i talk about this shit like i read the stuff that i read i talk about but like you read way sure, more sure but 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 from what i can surmise right when it comes to sort of comics and like there are there are certain types where it's like making being really good at drawing right or having a well-drawn comic doesn't necessarily or that you that you as that you're talented doesn't mean you're good at comics like, you know what i'm saying like and one to me is a fucking perfect example of that where you're like no like this dude is not good at drawing like in his draw you can like there's people that look at like i like mob psycho 100 like i like it but like people look at it as like this shit is ugly like this shit looks horrible <laughs> like but, but i'm like yeah but like when you read it you're laughing you're fun like you're looking at sort of like the transitions from like he's he knows how to like like when you page flip and it's a joke like you know what i'm saying it's like he understands comics though he's really good at comics he's not good at drawing but he's really good at comics and it's kind of proof that like like you don't need to necessarily be so like i've had a, i have a fascination with like sort of like the ugly stuff now like where like or stuff like tokyo zombie and shit like that yeah, where it's like tokyo zombie is a good example where it's like the fucking it's not about the drawing if anything like it's like it's like fuck the drawing like drawing's cool whatever like but i'm very interested in sort of like the voice and the story you know what i'm saying and then mm-hmm. it's like in in the fact that like this person decided to do both like yeah. even, if, even if you have a deficiency in drawing you know what i'm saying it's like yeah but that's still kind of interesting. Very rarely is it like you have both, you know what I'm saying? Where you're like, but I'm very interested in sort of, that's why I'll probably lean towards creator own shit anyways. Yeah. Uh, uh, more so than the sort of, you know, franchise, you know, big, big two shit where it's like somebody comes onto this thing or somebody comes onto this, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah. I'm really not, I'm, I really just like stuff. That's a singular vision. That's sort of like, you know, like this one person's weird, you know, um, uh, like the sort of unique things about the art, the creator, that's the shit that I, I just like, it just, for whatever reason, that's the stuff that like gets my, you know, I'm like, Oh, like this person is like, has this weird perspective on things. And I don't feel like it's a art by committee. You know what I'm saying? I'm never really yeah. been that interested in art by committee. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like as much as filmmaking is, is literally a collaborative like venture and like a bunch of people get together. Like mm-hmm. the thing that it really interests me about film is when it's like, yeah, you've got all these people helping and all these talented people doing sort of things, but all in the service of this one very narrow, like, you know what I mean? Like individualized, as much as I'm, I'm, I'm I preach about like collective, you know, collectivism in terms of like, you know, we all are in this together. There's something, sure, very, yeah, yeah. there's something very interesting and very entertaining about sort of like the perspective of the singular person amongst the group that is also relatable because we all sort of feel that we are, as much as we're like all in this and we, especially here, right. Especially yeah. when I say here, I mean, in the U S right. Like where we're hyper individualized and we're hyper sort of like, it's all about sort of like your own sort of personal uh, success and your own sort of growth is like in terms of like whatever it is you're you're pursuing um in general like it's all hyper atomized uh i do i do think that like there's something relatable in 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 sort of art that is through the fucking perspective of someone who is like i live in this world and i'm i sort of feel like i'm alone but like do you all feel this way and I feel like collectively we kind of all do in our own way. The, the shared loneliness of the universe. Yeah. Right, right, right. Where, where that's just, there's something appealing about that. I mean, I may be off base, but it, it's interesting <laughs> that that's what you gravitate to because, like, it's one of the things that we have a complete lack of in American comics right now. Like, I, mm. there's not a lot of singular vision stuff that like rises to the level of which like it gets mass consumption like there's a lot of self-publishing dudes out there like that but like they don't even get nearly the reach that you'd expect them to get yeah i mean look at me man i'm basically still a nobody in the wide arena of things but like that's how you know you're good though (laughs) weirdly weirdly like as i mean it's that's maybe not it's not a really great constellation because i i know like financially that's like, like i wish i was right like like I'm in that position where it's like, you know, like, yeah, like even now currently, like I'm working on something, you know, yeah, something, and it's like, I, I'm getting paid I'm to do froze. it. Oh, you're, I'm frozen. Am I back? Let me know if I'm back. Am I back? You good? Carl, I can hear you and see you fine. If I, Let me know. Like, okay. You just moved. Yeah, okay. there you go. Okay, cool. I'm good <laughs> over here. I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like maybe it's the, uh, uh, he, the connection over over there and uh yo my internet for real sucks so i don't <laughs> doubt it's me upstate new york connection uh oh my god <laughs> shout out dude to whatever <laughs> yo they, we, we don't have any good internet out here it's like one provider and i'm pretty sure it's still like the original cables from modem internet like <laughs> there might be like a mouse and a wheel making it go <laughs> shout out to upstate jank. new york uh but yeah, yeah. like uh i, I what I was, the tangent I was on was more like, um, I don't know, like, it's just interesting to me when I, when I sort of look at the landscape of, of, of not only like just what we're, what we're discussing when in terms of like uh, art and, and people who sort of like exist on the margins, right? Like art, yeah. like, like us. Um, it's the like, tribe. Yeah, like it's like one of those things where it's like, um, even like I said, I, I'm working on something right now. Um, 
and it's pay I'm getting some I'm getting paid to do it and it's a project that I'm like invested in and I'm like okay it's a book adaption and it's like also I feel like I'm adapting a book by some guys who are kind of in the similar space but in the literary world sure it's like they're on the sort of cusp margin people types and I'm like okay well let me do that and it's like get some money and it's like and I'm like carving out my own sort of little thing here and there uh, yeah. but it's like it's also like one of but like weirdly uh i i just kind of almost think and maybe this is just it, i know it is okay let me just say this i know it is it directly colored by my own experience but like i just tend to think that like it's almost a sign of something being interesting that it's exists in certain like off outside of like the collective sort of awareness now sure. now ultimately we would like it to sort of become part of the collective awareness because it would benefit us directly in a way yeah, it would help us make more things right it would help us make more things um and i uh, you know I, so it's one of those things where i'm like i don't know maybe it's a coping mechanism maybe it's one of those things where we're like well at least it's interesting <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know at least i know you're 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 you're, you're getting at something um more than likely if if it hasn't become like a because it's just funny to me how the most the most banal surfacey garbage shit is the most like i guess yes it's really weird how like it, i guess it's not i guess i guess we all kind of learned this in high school right <laughs> those formative mean? years where we realized it was all bullshit <laughs> yeah like the popularity thing where it's like usually popularity is very shallow and like it's not really much there beneath yeah. the surface level. And I feel like that's indicative in sort of the things that are kind of in the, the, the pop culture where it's like some of the biggest shit is the most mid it's drivel. It's <laughs> mid as fuck, right? It's super it's mid. mid as fuck. And when you say that out loud, people are like, Oh, you're hating. It's like, actually, no, it's just like, I have a better, I have a more sophisticated palette than the sort of you know what i mean like where it's like no like this is just not good like it's not a, it's not really about whether it's profitable or not but so, yeah to, to, again which this calls back to what i was saying earlier about like this the notion of being a sellout is 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 like a foreign concept to a lot of people who are of yep. a certain generation and who are a certain age they don't understand that when you say that where it's like they're like, well, it makes money. And even older people too, like, you know, boomers and shit. I hear people like, whoa, it must be good if like everyone likes it. I'm like, are you uh, paying attention to the world you live in? <laughs> no, I'm just a paying customer. Right. Like, do you understand how this works? Where it's like, that is not actually, and that's not a, a metric by which you measure quality. Like I no. get logically, like logically, right. You could say, and even what we're talking about here, a cure is quality. It's quality. Yeah. We're talking about something that's quality and happens to be successful, right? Yeah. But let's be honest, as big as Acura is, right? As big as in popular as Acura is, if you talk to your, mo your mother about Acura, how is she going to feel about it? She's probably just going to be like, what is that? Even, even though it's huge. Like if I went and said, hey, mom, you know Acura? She'd be like, what is it? She'd probably be like, what is that? Even though it's, you know, she might know it, but even then it's like, you, you know, know real talk, you try to talk to my mom about Akira and she'll be like, that, that's the one book that took up all your, your time in high school, right? That you just was always, yes, she knows that. But, and I'll be like, mom, who's Groot? She's like, he's the little tree guy. Right. And I'm like, 
<laughs> exactly. Um, and and that's what I mean. Where it's like, yeah, you do have uh, you do have outliers. You do have yep. outliers where that happen to sort of be commercially successful. But most of the time, those outliers that are commercially successful, like Acura, um, yeah. they're still very niche, even though like there's a little bit more, uh, not only awareness, but uh, a bigger sort of audience for it. Sure. You yeah. Compare it to something like, name one of the biggest franchises, like even like let's John Wick 4 just came out. Like if you, there's more people that would know John Wick probably than Oculus. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? but there are so little people that were there when John Wick 1 came out, and it was just this little gem of a thing that yeah. somehow blew up. Like, it's the same exact story, really. I mean, yeah. we're just sitting here in the aftermath of that fourth one. We're going, all right, now it's a fucking franchise. Yeah, and this is sort of the the the, the, cre- the artist or the creative's dilemma, which is um, making something that sort of has a le- certain, like, level of, like, reach and popularity. Um and usually, weirdly enough, you mentioned Chainsaw Man. Um, I look at Chainsaw Man for for a for example, which just has a level of popularity and success. Uh, and it's Fujimoto, right? I think that's his name. Right? Yeah. I'm fucking his yeah. name up. Um, um, I feel like his his other stuff is a, probably better. It is, but Chainsaw Man is a concept. You say it out loud, and you're like, "Well, that's Chainsaw Man." Is, first of all, I fuck with Chainsaw Man. Let me just say that I fuck with Chainsaw Man. Like, I just fuck with it. All. We all do. We all do. Yeah, it's the, but but but, but it turns that's like that's like, like that '90s comics thing. You like, you hear a whack name like that, and you're just like, "The fuck's that book about?" I want to get that. Yeah, yeah, but 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 in terms of like his, I don't feel like his goal was to make Chainsaw Man. Like, I don't even feel no. like he. He probably doesn't even want to make, like as funny as that sounds like he probably doesn't even really want to make chainsaw man like, yeah. like he probably wants to do something that has a little bit more uh bigger aspirations artistically but but yeah. and not to say that there's nothing I, again I, I say this again let me just say i fuck with chainsaw man i think it's cool but 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 i feel like he's probably in a space where it's like this is this is the thing that hit yeah this is the thing that's got me sort of to a certain a new level for my own career but i'm pretty it's the sure. curse of a clever idea is yeah what it is. i'm pretty sure if you actually sit get sit down with him and you know one-on-one and have a conversation with him he'll probably tell you like yeah this is great i love all of that but like i have this other thing that i really want to do yeah. like this is very great. few creators hit on one thing and like yeah and i'm just gonna ride this not not everybody's lee child where they're like i got jack reacher and i'm just gonna <laughs> fucking ride this bitch to the fucking sunset like or, or i am but i like i do have this other thing you know what i mean like my favorite example of that in comics is eric larson with savage dragon like mm-hmm. he's been drawing savage dragon for well over 300 issues mm-hmm. and like that comic was in the 90s when it came out super hot and super popular and it just kind of slowly descended to four people a month are reading this book and he still talks about it like it's the greatest comic book ever made and i'm like dude is just getting to live his dream like and finding new ways to do it different every time i'm like good for you man you do you somehow conned yourself into this world where it's like savage dragon is the only thing that i want to draw and i'm going to draw it for the rest of my life if that was your dream fuck man you did it yeah i still read savage dragon because that dude just found himself the fucking golden ticket to ride out whatever fantasy he wants yeah, and, and that's one of those Savage Dragon is interesting uh a case because it is one of those weird kind of uh titles where there is a le- there is a certain level of awareness of Savage Dragon, right? 
Yeah. But it's also people remember of, the book. Yeah, but it's also kind of obscure. So oh, it's sure. Like, it's one of those weird kind of things that's been around long enough to where like yep. probably if you said the Savage Dragon, there's gonna be some people that probably know it. There's gonna be some people yep. that I don't know what that is. Uh, but there's enough of people that kind of know it. Where yeah, like people our age, basically. Yeah, where, where he can <laughs> who were there. He could carve out an existence just sure. continuing that train even when it's like the, the the sort of like hype or whatever sort of whatever sort of n- notoriety it had at its peak like yeah. he could continue to sort of exist off of that and he's probably like fine with that and that's cool you know what i'm saying that's that's fine you know if that's what you want to do uh but i feel like most most people uh typically there's they're always chasing sort of their white whale they're always chasing yeah kind of you know um their ahab you know the the, the, like i feel like that's sort of kind of the existence of someone who's creating whereas always there's always this other thing you know what i mean like even if you have zero success or zero success or like great success or there's always going to be the next thing you know what i mean um which otomo is interesting because like i feel like he sort of like threw his hat you know, threw the gauntlet down. Fuck that. Like, oh, yeah, there was <laughs> no, no mixed words about that. He, uh, yeah, like, this, this is Akira. Boom. You know what I mean? And then, like, yeah, like, whatever. And I, he has other stuff. He, he has other stuff. And, it's... and I will, and this is something that Akira pilled uh, as, as I do episodes of this. We will talk about other, other Otomo things, and there will be other, uh, there will be some non Otomo things. I feel like things that are influenced. You know, by which a lot of shit is influenced by Akira. Let's be honest. Like, a yeah, lot. the trickle down effect has right, right. It's it. There's a lot. Like, this is this is why it's good to sort of have this as a sort of, you know. And I don't. I'm not even quite sure if if you know to, to touch back on volume one. Um, like, I'm not even sure if like I might take my time to get through each volume. I might say, hey, well, you might space it out and be like, volume two is. In volume three, four, six, there's six volumes of these phone books. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> mini phone books. Uh, there's a lot to go through. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like, and, and even in this first issue, was let me ask you this. Um, your what is your ranking of the volumes? If you have, if you if you had to, gun to your head. Because it's all good. I look at it as all one one piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Same manga reference but like Listen, i have a hard time remembering like what happens in what volume because so often i will just read it mm-hmm. continuously yeah. um i'd probably argue the the whole destruction of neo tokyo sequence because that's just like 20 pages of buildings exploding and like beautifully rendered mm-hmm. perfect architecture mm-hmm. it's just page after page of like look at the damn detail that shit uh, still is probably like whatever book that is in. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm as I um I never finished Akira, and like uh, I'm actually in the process of finishing it right now. I'm going to there you go. You're finally also, doing it. Yeah, I'm like fuck it. I got all the volumes finished. I'm, I'm I'm right now. I'm halfway through volume three. Why don't you just take a break and read Gravity's Rainbow in between? <laughs> pension. Let me let me, get, let me get my pension on uh, so I can really. <laughs> I mean, I joke, but I probably would do some shit like that. I'm like in the middle of. I'm same. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so am I, dude. So am I. <laughs> I can't read just one. I gotta have like a plethora by the nightstand. Yeah, I've got about six books that I'm like, I'm like, I'm like taking my time with that Rick Rubin book because I really like that Rick Rubin. Yo, yo, um, real talk. I got that and Jenna jacked it the second I got it. I, mean, I haven't I even read it. Yet. I would, I would have jacked it too. If I, were him. <laughs> I was just it's like, I'm. It's gonna be like Akira all over again. I'm not gonna I'm, see that I'm motherfucker like, again. Like, I could be done with that book already. I'm probably 200 something pages into it right now, but like, I'm just yeah. like savoring it because that's like one of those books that sort of just kind of reminds you of certain things, or sort of reframes things in ways that are, you know, just yeah. I feel like if if anybody who's trying to make make shit, like it's just one yeah. of those books that's like a comfort food book. You know I dig I, mean? I dig books like that just because it makes me grateful to be an artist. Right. Like and there are very like, few works that speak knowingly about like the pursuit of yeah, expression. Right. It's like and there's go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Carl. I was gonna say there's books like that, and then like then there's the warm fuzzy like influence books. Like if I ever want to feel inspired, I pick up Akira again. Like yeah, it's yeah. hard not to be. It's hard yeah. not to be. Yeah, for sure. Like, like it's either it's for me, this is saying was like it's either something that's like I just think is really good. That's really going to like get the juices going, like, or get me excited. Like, Oh, this is just inspiring work. Or it's like the benefit of sort of like uh, the sort of books of on craft or on sort of is like, that love they, that. that they make you want to write. That's the actual, yeah. but it's not like what's the content necessarily or like, cause there's actually no blueprint. I've said this before, like everyone's process is personal. So there's actually no, like, like you can't lay out a roadmap for like that's gonna be like oh this is how you do no fuck all that but it's like more so like the effect of it like which is like it, yeah it almost is a a spell where you're just reading it and it's like getting you to want to work you know what i mean where yeah. it's like and i feel like the rick rubin book is 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 that times 10 where it's just like it just really sort of like just when you want to work you just read the rick rubin book open it up to any yeah. chapter well, I can't wait to maybe read it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm reading that. I'm reading the book Underground by uh, Murakami, uh, which which is about the Tokyo gas attacks. I'm reading. Um, I dig Murakami. It's been a while since I like Ryu Murakami uh, more. Yeah, Ryu Murakami, uh, the writer of Audition and and uh, Misu Soup. Like I fuck with that's that's the I, I when it comes to the I, Murakamis. I'm more, I'm team Ryu, even though I do like the other Murakami for sure. He's, yeah. whatever. he gets, he, he's been got his due, whatever, but, but I'm definitely <laughs> more of a like Ryu, Ryu Murakami. Um, but, but um, I'm reading that. I'm also reading, um, what's the book? It's set, it's set in, uh, it's set in Hollywood. Uh, I'm surprised. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you don't have a thing at all. Zeroville. I'm reading Zero Zeroville. Um, oh, I got that on my uh, to read list. Yeah, it's, I'm like again over 200 pages into that. I'm kind of yeah. pacing my way through that. Um, there's a few other books I'm reading simultaneously, and while I'm reading Akira, you know what I mean? Like I'm reading like four or five different, not six. It's really six for, for there's some other books, but 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 yeah, like it, I have a tendency to be that way too, where it's just like I don't know, like. As you can see, shelves of books. Like I just, and that's yeah, not even over there. digital shit. You know, as you oh, got, I can't do digital. I can't do digital for I anything. I can because you know why I can do digital because of convenience. And what I mean, yeah. I don't prefer it. Like I really don't, which is why I have so many physical books and why sure. I have physical media. Uh, but like sometimes, like it's just like, uh, uh, or like for example, I have Kindle Unlimited, right? Nice. 
there'll be sometimes where I'm like, well, this is free on Kindle Unlimited. It's like Netflix with books. I'm just going to burn through this like and read it because I'm not going to wait for Amazon to uh, drop it off. Or like currently my <laughs> the modern convenience of being a Western. my mailbox is broken, which is fucking what? annoying. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I live in a condo apartment and like we have a box, which is right across. Oh, the okay. And so like, it's a box that services like the whole, like half of the block. I don't know how many, cause there's another box a little bit further down, but our box is right. broke. So anytime I order some shit, that's not Amazon because Amazon will drop it off of my door. If it's through the UP, like eBay shit. Pretty yeah. Cool. Like I have to go to the physical mailbox to, I mean, not the mailbox, but the physical uh, post office to get my shit. That's uh, so funny. Yeah. So it's fucking annoying as fuck. But again, that shows how pampered we are. Like, and, <laughs> like, in terms of like, uh, and, you, you were just talking about people having to fight for a weekend, and you're like, I got. Like, we are we are pampered post in, office. Yeah, we are we are pampered in certain ways and deprived in others. But like one of the ways that we are pampered is sort of the instant gratification when it comes to digital media. Or yeah. Like, are, are in the the once we live in the world of digital media where like, like you could get things so fast, literally, literally instantaneously digitally are the next day almost sometimes yeah via you know shit like amazon which is an evil corporation uh which don't support that we're it. all slaves to <laughs> we're kind of slaves to it but don't support it if you don't have to like you know what i mean like if i if i want to buy something and it, I, I just want to have it then i'm by default i'm gonna get the amazon because it's because of speed which sucks but typically if i'm gonna get some shit i try to go outside of amazon um I always I use the like, rationale, like, if a certain independent company put it out, I'll get it through them. But if it's, like, Warner yeah. Brothers, fuck it, right, I'll get it through Amazon. Right. They don't need my money. <laughs> and I really don't beat myself up about it. And I tell people don't to beat, beat, beat yourself up because there is no ethical consumption under capitalism at the end of the day. So it doesn't really, like, it really matter. But, you know. Um, That's what the Bernie book's all about. Yeah, yeah there's really no one. There's which no one. I'm also going to be reading. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so so don't beat yourself up if you got to go through Amazon. I, I get it. You basically have a gun to your head uh, when it comes to that shit, anyways. So yeah, you know, if you can, if you're in the position where you can wait and you can like not go through those channels, definitely do it. But if you just want to get some shit, then go ahead. I get it. It's not you're not you don't you don't have to beat yourself up or feel like you're somehow, uh, um, I don't know, contributing to some shit that like, I mean. You have no again. It's it's not it's not like you it's not like you have like consent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like oh you're like I have like no like they don't give. I I love that we're talking about Akira and it's like the golden moment of Ryan Jackson capitalism apologist. <laughs> I'm definitely not an apologist. I'm just I'm just I just aware of of sort of like the world that we live in. Where, you know right where it's like yeah yeah you know like. They don't the powers that be and the structures and the institutions that are that are in place that have actual uh power in 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 in, in the US and in the world, uh they kind of have a stranglehold on shit. And oh, they, yeah. in sort of like you most most cases you're in a you're in a situation where it's like it's a monopoly, you know what I'm saying? Where in most situations you don't have the option. It's like people to shop at Walmart, right? It's like as much as people want to support like mom and pop shit. It's like, but if you only make a certain amount of money, I'm good. You're gonna go to Walmart to get it because they got it for a dollar. You got some shit for two dollars <laughs> or a dollar fifty, but it's five six dollars. That makes a difference, a significant difference in a lot of people's lives, where they're like, kind of like, well, what do you expect me to do? I get paid shit, 
Like, you know what I mean? I'm getting fucking, <laughs> you know, in, in inflation, which is, again, I don't even want to get on that, which is a whole nother topic, which I won't. We're, we're, talking, we're on though, fucking money all, matters. Even though it's all ties back to Acura, even though it really does, because Acura, again, it's set in the world. You hit on something that I thought was really interesting, though, when you were talking about, like, the instant gratification of digital. I always forget that Akira, despite being in the near future, kind of shies away from the easy trappings of the advanced technology that you see in cyberpunk after Akira. Mm. It's like, it's still a very grounded world, despite being the quote unquote future. Yeah, you're right. People remember Akira in a very weird way where they're just like, yeah, no, oh my God, it's so technological. And so like, bro, you're thinking of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? They have like cool ass motorcycles, but they don't have flying cars. And that's the thing. Like it's not, yeah, no flying cars. There are no robots, which is, funny because i really feel like the fetishization of like cyborg women came strictly because of manga like stateside we weren't really fucking robots yet (laughs) we weren't on that one (laughs) yeah but now you're right you're right but you're right about that for sure um i thought about writing a a book uh in the style of uh in the style of kwan mills the goat (laughs) nice called this hoe is a cyborg uh, and putting it out under her pen name. So if you ever see that book and it's not, <laughs> it's probably me. I'll, yeah, I will buy that physically just so I can have that on the spine. Like, I'll leave that out promise. This whole is a cyborg. Whatever pen name that's under is probably me. <laughs> yo, yo, for the record, the second you write it, let me know. I'm going to do that cover. I'm going to do that cover. The fucking thing about it. the Quan Mills covers is it, it, they remind me, the covers, are, it's everything. Like, they mm-hmm. remind me of the No Limit album covers like yep. pin and pixel album covers yeah it's like super it's like shitty looking but like awesome at the same time <laughs> like it's it's so bad that it's awesome it's like this is fucking great like i sh- still have like a mild fascination with cash money records from the, the 90s where the everybody thing. yeah oh so good very similar very similar style i think they used pin and pixel too when they first started which is the same company that did the the, the, the no limit album art uh, which is this is very like obvious Photoshop kind of like superimposing images over images, no sort of uh, no sort of attempt whatsoever to like make make the images feel like they're in existing in the same space whatsoever not at all <laughs> like you not know, at all like layers of shit on, I lo- and like literally no color grading whatsoever like there's something oh, about that that I, I don't know this it's it, it's an aesthetic onto itself right or it's, it's like, pre-meme culture is what it is you're right but even memes kind of are, are are like in a way a lot like that some of the funniest memes look like that too yeah right where they're like oh yeah this is like it's funny when people will like a critique a meme and they'll be like oh it's shitty i'm like yeah it's a fucking meme like it's, do you think it's supposed to be photorealistic like <laughs> like you know what i mean it's actually it's even funnier when it looks kind of garbage like, like <laughs> i'm actually a fan like my meme rule of thumb is the shittier the better yeah it's like, like even when people do the deep the intentional deep fried memes where it's like super like the quality the, 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 oh the, i love the, it the degraded look where it's like yeah that's kind of like the point like it kind of looks bad on purpose which which i was kind of touching on again with the the sort of the with 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 one in his sort of like comics well, like mob psycho 100 it, or, or like I, like i already mentioned the tokyo zombie shit there there i'm very fascinated with that too or i'm very fascinated with um or even i guess to a lesser extent 
the Scott Pilgrim shit and fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Brian Lee O'Malley. Brian Lee O'Malley, where it's like, well, well, I mean, his drawings are okay. It's like he's not like a great. I wouldn't describe him as like a great artist, but like, yeah. Uh, there's something about that. Like, I knew he drew these things though. Where even though I don't really read O'Malley like that, like I'm there's something like I don't like if I see an O'Malley book. I don't, I'm not about to be like, I need to buy that, but I'm also, but I'm like, at least like, there's something about it in, that warms me up a little bit. Just looking at it on a shelf, like, oh, it, like, do, it seems to be a, like his aesthetics are very inviting. I think that's mm. a good way of putting it because it's very familiar Yeah, and yeah, being like wholesome. I would actually use the word wholesome to describe his shit. Yeah. 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 Where it's weird. It's like, our, like, I used to know these weird guys who like uh, when I was in high school, who would like draw their own shit, like, and they had a little comic book named after a. I'm not even gonna out this person, like, because there was a there was a person that we went to school with, and like they were they were his friend, but like they would like sort of make put him in their comics, and like it would be funny as fuck because they would draw like these like images of him like fucking a cow or like. Yep. Doing weird shit like and, and that like, person's now a senator. <laughs> and like he was like, they would show it to him and he would be like, oh, this is so funny. But 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 like there's something about that homemade sort of like, I don't know, like youthful almost. Yeah, or just like it's again, it's so removed from like the machine. Like it's so yeah. removed from the corporate assembly line kind of shit there's something like that that's always going to be appealing to me whether the artist is stellar at what they do or whether they just have a they a very uh i don't know like a sub-tier ability the it's not even it's not even necessarily about the talent as much as it's about the uh whatever it is inside of them that's making them want to put something out yeah you know what I mean? Like something about that makes I'm always I'm always going to respond to. It's not like it's not about like, oh, like this guy is like, again, like Otomo, which Otomo is a. He's like, you just look at this, and you're like, OK, this dude is a master at what he's doing. Yeah. Like, like he you can, can't deny when someone will drop a book this massive on you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where it's like five it's more un- volumes. It's undeniable. Right. But there, the, I, I was, I, we're always going to have a space for that shit and to appreciate that shit. But then there's something about like the the anti Otomo, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh yeah, I can't draw at all, <laughs> or I I'm actually direct. Like, I'm, I'm in a weird place with that right now because I'm doing like, on the one hand, <laughs> I got uh, a book I'm doing of my own at a company, which is very you know traditionally comics drawn and whatnot. Still fire because it's me, but I got another book at like a small boutique publisher that I'm working on that is. There's no pencils. There's no preliminary anything. I'm just drawing ink to paper. It's really raw and really kind of fight or flight organic uh, attack at comics because I've been doing comics for so long. It's kind of like I want to experience just making a comic without thinking about making a comic. And it's all in a wider format so that the book is actually leading you to return the page. And it's very... It's just comics making, and it's actually bleeding into my traditional stuff, which is now a completely different thing because of it, because I did this experiment. But it's very, it's, it's very much in the same vein of like it's raw, and you don't really know what it's going to look like because you're not planning. 
And uh, yeah, basically, I wanted to have my 300-page book to drop on the table and say, what up? Okay, now, I definitely have a lot to ask you, but I'm going to pause real quick and take a piss because I drank that fucking beer, and I'm going to come Sick. right back. So remember that, your, right. your, your comic that we're talking about, I want to talk. I, I have some questions. I have some questions. Okay. Questions. So if I get right, to sit right. back down and I'm like, what the fuck was I saying? That's what it was. This meeting is so <laughs> on that, on that, uh, creating this comic that you, that you feel like, uh, you're not, um, thinking about, right. When yeah. Like that's an interesting thing that you say, because I feel like every, if you do, if you make, things if you write if you draw if you make art in any capacity i feel like you you there's a there's a point that you sort of reach that i feel like it seems to be a recurring uh part of every person's journey where where like it becomes about like because i'm at this point very much i've been at this i feel like i'm it's a state it's not even a point as much as it's a period i feel like where like you get to a certain point where like the form is irrelevant. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Where That's where it like, is. That's where it is. You, where you want to make things that are not, a, it's not about the fucking, it's, it's almost like at, I would describe it as like creating at the speed of thought or just sort of like mm -hmm. not having the training wheels on. Um, and you're just sort of like, I'm not like bound by the, uh, the rules or guidelines are just, no, no, I'm just, I'm moving. I'm, it's like, you know, Bruce Lee talks about the, you're, you're like, you're, you're, you're like water, right? Where it's just like, mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting that you say that because I, I knew immediately what, 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 what you mean by that, where it's like, I definitely feel that way. Uh, and I, I feel like I will never kind of, Again, I get it. Every I, I don't want to denigrate. I feel like I do denigrate people people who are sort of like <laughs> not that way. I I do want to say that like you know when I talk about you know the the the, the cliche or the overused uh, kind of way that people group artists uh, is like you're you know um, either someone who is a very a plotter or a pantser or you know. Yeah. Um, at least specifically when you when you try to like separate types of writers, uh, but I feel like that extends to sort of types of artists too, where it's just where it just means like you're somebody who plans things out and you're somebody who more like operates by feel. Um, yeah. And a lot of times I'll be like, yeah, like I don't, I, I don't, like this isn't a fucking book report or this isn't a fucking a thesis paper or you know this isn't. A resume <laughs> you're not like you know it's it's, it's it, you're not like roadmaps are at times useful uh but there's something about a roadmap that is almost almost like kind of like not it's just not intuitive right it's not it's not something that i feel it feels incongruent to me. Yeah. Uh, when it well, it takes the journey out of the journey. Right, like, right. You're, you're, you know where you're going. You know where you're going. It's like you have the fucking map now. You have the GPS, you know, yeah. like, uh, and I feel like it's not, a journey isn't about going from point A to B. 
a journey is about everything in between point A to B. Yeah. It's sort of like what that reveals to you about the world and yourself and, you know, all of that shit. And I feel like that's the, that's the, the, the separation point between yeah. the types, the two main types. Right. And I always, you know, I want to say that like, yo, there's not necessarily one is not necessarily better uh, than the other, but I'm biased. And I do feel like one is <laughs> you, <laughs> you have the I mean? freedom like, to be an artist. It's fine. Right. You know, I, f- I just feel like there's, there, I, it, you know, um, I don't know. I just feel like I tend to gravitate towards one yeah. more than I find myself gravitating towards the other. Uh, now that's not to say that there aren't people who fall into the sort of more uh, calculated uh, side of, you know, um, things that I, there are those people that I enjoy who make stuff for sure. Oh, but there's I, no way Akira wasn't planned. Like, right. Exactly. I mean, I think Otomo, it, I would be surprised if Otomo was like, I just did. I mean, even though there is something about this where I definitely feel like he was sort of creating by feel for sure. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, this is definitely meticulously made in terms of just when you look at these drawings, you're like, yeah, but but I feel like what dictated in terms of what was the guiding sort of compass for it for him making this was more sort of kind of dictated by sort of the story he was creating. Sure. Because I did hear in an interview that he did that like he intended initially for this to be one volume. Yeah. Uh, but but good, good job, dude. Good job. Yeah, but the characters that he kept creating, it just lent itself to being a bigger thing. And he kind of quickly realized, like, yeah, that's no way this is gonna happen. And that's what I mean by, again, that's yeah. what I mean, where he was, if he was so meticulous as he is about doing these sort of drawings and like, then this would have literally been that it would have only been one volume. If he didn't have that other side to him as a creative, you wouldn't have six volumes of this incredible thing. You would only have one very superb volume, um, but it's so much more because it's so imagine amazing. a world where Akira is one volume. We can. It's called the anime, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty good. Like we yeah, it's it. pretty good. It's pretty good. It does still. set a pretty, pretty yeah. high standard for other movies like that, though. You're like, oh, this is you're going to compete, all right? Right, and this is interesting. Even, even talking, I feel like you know the anime. The anime deserves its own sort of like de- uh, discussion. You know what I mean? It's because it is its own thing, uh, uh, and I definitely the anime led me to this, like you already said, like the anime is probably the gateway drug uh, to not only anime, but to manga, to this manga specifically, but to all manga. For me, it definitely was. Yeah, for Um, sure. And you said you saw that you saw the anime first too. And then you read the manga. Uh, Was it, was it, was it, was it this, what got you to sort of like, what was if you even remember, let me just oh, I do. So, what was uh, the next thing actually. after Akira that you went that you that you read that was manga? Uh, it was actually a really like I know we keep calling me the comics guy, but I have like the most anti-comics back history with the medium. I didn't get into comics reading like X Men and the shit that was popping back then. Like I was in the heyday of '90s X Men, and I could not fucking care. <laughs> I found like. I gravitated towards indie shit. Like my first comic was the original Rocketeer by Dave Stevens. And that guy draws or drew because he passed um, in this amazing Americana style that just like it felt 
both Mary new Rockwell and type shit. Yeah, yeah good yeah. comparison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just gorgeous women, and it was just a fun romp and venture. And then on the other side of that, like I found Jack Kirby, mm. like way too young to find Jack Kirby, and the weird shit. Like I was into indie shit, like uh, Scud the Disposable Assassin by Rob Schraub. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Tim Vigil's Faust, which I should not have been reading at the time. <laughs> um shit like that like weird shit like i was also a huge vertigo kid like i mm. little goth kids got to read their vertigo books mm. but after that vertigo, like do you think vertigo is sort of kind of like uh i don't know i've been thinking about this lately uh when i because i read so much manga and i don't really read that many comics that are like western shit uh do you think vertigo was sort of like dc's manga almost in a weird <laughs> in a weird I, way i kind of i think i think vertigo was a lot like Marvel's epic imprint where it was like this is where the mature stuff and the cool outlier shit goes yeah, yeah. and it been, and it kind of had car blanche to do that because like companies were taking chances then like mm. vertigo was run into the ground because of bad editorial that didn't know its place in the medium right but so no about around the time that i was like really into cool comics, uh, I gave up on comics for a while and I saw Akira and it changed my fucking perspective on things because then I found the manga and it made me want to make better comics. Like I wanted to read better comics. I demanded more from comics suddenly because holy shit, yeah. this thing is, it's a beast. Yeah. And to say that it had a profound impact on what I demand out of a comic and what I demand out of myself making them is an understatement because this thing is insanely dense. This is the type of thing. And this is what I found as I go through the volumes now. Um, this makes you actually read comics better. Yes. Yes, it does. Cause it's very deliberately paced. Yeah. Like, like you, like I, since I've started and I'm going make my way through the all six volumes, like anything else I've read, I just like, this just is, there's something about this that just, it, 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 it's, it makes you be intentional about the way you read it and pay attention. And it's like, and it filters into sort of anything you read outside of it at that point. Yeah. Um, you do kind of learn, it's like a primer for reading better comics, essentially. Yeah. Like you start to realize, like after you read Akira, you look at Western comics as like, oh, that's kind of like a summary of a, a really interesting story and not exactly the whole story. Like you get every working angle in Akira and you don't get that in Western comics. Western comics are very prolonged, but in a way that's made for the trade or condensed in a way that's like, well, this is a filler issue. Yeah. And, and, to, and to touch a little bit on, because uh, I know like I have a tendency to just have bigger sort of conversations in general to sort of try to make it a little bit more specific about back on to, to this first volume. One of the things for me that I noticed uh upon this first like uh revision or re, re or like uh, our revision is not the right word but revisit of this first volume is um in comparison to the anime specifically was yeah that the relationship between uh Kaneda and Tetsuo yeah. uh is very different here um and what i mean by that is like it is what he what what Atomo manages to do in the in the anime is sort of solidify that sort of relationship of them being friends where i feel like yeah. in, th in the first volume of this it's not as clear where it's like 
they're almost they're pretty much enemies fairly quickly yeah and then the 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 sort of relationship that they have in the anime is very different where you they really establish otomo really is able to establish the friendship you know between the two in a way and i think part of that is probably because they do a flashback of them as children they're like we grew up together and kaneda was stood up for him or whatever uh in in a way that where it's like in this it just not it's not quite the same now as it good as it goes along i mean you still i still like i said i'm in volume three i mean still have that in three more volumes uh where i know that i'm pretty sure that they will there will be a little bit more calls back to sort of tetsuo and uh kaneda's relationship in totality yeah. but but in the in, in the in the anime specifically they really do a good job of sort of they front load it more yeah, establishing yeah. the dynamic. Um, That's the thing that I do find interesting about the the manga is the fact that you basically get more of a forensic view of their friendship deteriorating because mm. you don't realize how close they were until what happens happens. And you're basically piecing that together from that. Like It's almost as if the friendship is established later so that you understand why there's so much contention in the beginning, which frankly, even that's ahead of its time because that's like every screenwriter is like the white whale right now is telling the proper out of sync story. Oh, screenwriting. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. like, Y'all got some ideas. Um, Y'all got some ideas. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, screenwriting. It's funny. Uh, with with AI is a big topic now, obviously. With with uh, with oh, it's a topic for all of us, my friend. Yeah, it's a topic. It's an important <laughs> topic for obvious reasons. Uh, but it, when it comes to screenwriting, the thing that I find so ironic and funny about you know the 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 writers guild sort of uh, going through this sort of trying to sort of like come up with new sort of. Uh, ways to navigate a world in which AI writing is now a legitimate thing. Um, It's funny because I, I just, I make this joke, but it's really not a joke. It's I'm dead ass serious. Or it's like, it's the reason that AI writing is so, I mean, it's, 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 it's dangerous or not even maybe not dangerous. Isn't the right word. Uh, but it's 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 threatening to sort of the livelihoods of people yeah. who are making shit. Uh, but in all arenas, right? Um, yeah. But but in screenwriting, it's very it's really funny because I feel like the majority of the things that are made, uh, the reason that is probably even more threatening is because you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Between the the <laughs> shit that you wouldn't have a chat GPT write as opposed to the. Sh- because it's it's that formulaic and that by the numbers yep. that it's not hard for an early stage AI program to mimic already. Yeah. So people are like, oh, imagine how sophisticated it'll get. It's like, it doesn't really matter because it's like one step and it's already more sophisticated than the current crop of working <laughs> screenwriters. Yeah, like, you know, I, <laughs> I know I'm super guilty for knocking on those Marvel movies, but like, 
the fact that there are screenwriters credit to those things still make me laugh because I'm just like, it's the same fucking story every time. Right, right. And the like, fact that there's fucking directors credited as it's, might as well just say written and directed and created by Kevin Feige. Like it's just saying shit. Like it's there's literally they will and this is uh ironically, I was somebody posted uh uh about Ryan Coogler doing a announcing some sort of new X Files. Um I actually was a former guest of MAS. Um from the Marvelous podcast, uh, shout out to the Marvelous podcast. Uh, Nicole was saying, like, basically, like, fuck you, like, you know, them doing some regurgitated <laughs> another another fucking thing. But Coogler, I look at Coogler as someone who got snatched up by Marvel. Yep. A, a filmmaker who could be making interesting original shit. Yeah. But got snatched up, and now he's just like everything is just IP. Because I mean, that's where the money is, and that's where the sort of like. You can continue to maintain your, you know, a certain a, a lucrative career path by yeah. just going down that well. And it, I just watch him get completely uh, subsumed, and I'm just like, it's what could be like in terms of like him as a filmmaker. It's it's being squandered. Like, yeah, for his pockets, it's nice. You know what I'm saying? For if yeah, I'm sure he's he's crying himself to sleep I mean, on those he can, bags. He can definitely definitely <laughs> use the hundred dollar bills to wipe tears away, but but. In terms of like his potential as a sort of uh, a, uh, an auteur, if you want to use that word, or our voice, I guess being squandered because he could be he could be the like the next sort of like you know he could be on the scale or the tier of those sort of like auteurs who make original shit that people check for. like people check for Ari Oster every time he drops yeah. he could be just like people could be checking for the next Ryan Coogler thing but when, now that he's drifted into that world, he's made two Black Panthers and now he's moving on to like an X Files thing. It's like the, the like he i feel like it, it ironically it's a step forward for him financially but it's a step back for him creatively right you know, and that's like that's the downside to being one of these working creatives though mm -hmm. like if you deprioritize the money mm -hmm. you'll always have profound output but like as working creatives none of us will deprioritize like well, it's impossible to say no to money when well, like well, you well, spend well, so much of your I, career I kind of starving I, I talked about this specifically with uh adam simon um mm -hmm. on mas which which, and here's, here's the difference, right? I say this all the time. We, and I said this to him, I said, it's a difference between taking a gig uh, yep. for money when you need to pay the bills. Right. Yeah. And, and take, yeah, you said that in our last conversation yeah, too. Yeah. Where, where it's like, I was like, one person get, <laughs> and that was you. But when you take them, when you take a gig, when you don't need it, mm -hmm. like, that says pretty much everything. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like where where it's like at that point you've 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 crossed an, an important line in your in your path in your journey. Um and it's set you down a different path. There's like a fucking yep. fork in the road, and you that fork you could go left or you could go right. And when you take mm -hmm. the one and you go that way, that's now that's the trajectory moving forward. And you, there's yep. and good luck ever trying to like reverse course and go the other way at that point you know what i'm saying so it's, it's something mm -hmm. that like it's a champagne problem but but yeah it's significant it's a significant champagne problem because it's like it's going to dictate sort of what you do moving forward in a very significant way mm -hmm. as someone who creates shit where it's like of course if you got to pay your bills you're going to take jobs but like a lot of these people that we talk about who have these they don't need their their bills are fine <laughs> like yeah. they're most of these people are set for life um and they're taking these sort of 
bags when they don't have to, when they literally could do what some of their, you know, some of the other, like, you know, like I'm not a big Nolan guy. Um, I'm not, but like, he's decided that like, he's going to do his weird Nolan puzzle movies. Um, because he's, I really wish it stopped. I, I, I mean, he, but he's in the, but, but whether we like them or not, right. Sure. He could be, he could be doing the next seven DC movies or Marvel movies if he wanted to. Yeah. But he's not, he's still making money. Still fairly successful, but that's just, that's just one version of what I'm saying, which is like, look, you don't have to completely be like, uh, set on like, well, I'm going to mire away in obscurity. Like there's other models yeah. that you could look at from other people's careers where you're like, oh, well, like, yeah, he's making movies at a certain scale and they're getting wide release, but he's not, do- he's not completely just like Disney. Yeah. Do Star Wars. Like, you know, like the fucking Daniels, like what are they, ne- their next thing is like a Star Wars thing. Oh, yeah. oh is it really? It went a fucking it's- Oscar. And now they're doing a Star Wars thing. It's like, you're, it's over. It's fucking <laughs> over. They're done. Like they got all their Oscars. It's, it's over. Like, first of all, I didn't, I've never watched that shit. I don't really like the Daniels. I find them annoying as personalities. I don't know them personally, but they're just, I just find them like to be annoying. Um, um, but, but oh, man, said, you gotta, you gotta hand in your card. Everybody, everybody <laughs> that liked everywhere, everything, who's gal, the method of madness. I'm sure, I'm sure that movie's fine. I doubt it's the best movie of 2022. Shout out to Blonde and some, several other movies that were snubbed. Uh, but you know, that being why said, do you and me are like the only people who talk about Blonde. <laughs> people with good taste talk about Blonde. Let me just say that. Good. Um, because uh, the letterbox <laughs> reviews on that are fucking dismal. They break my heart. Well, again, letterbox. Again, it's letterbox. Let's be honest. Yeah. Letterbox. No doubt. Is no doubt. Populated by a lot of people with abysmal taste. But but um, um there's, there's I live in a world where people think the movie Burlesque is better than that. I mean, come on. Ryan, come on. You can't even take that. That that delegitimizes any opinion that that person had, right? It's like, yeah. So so it's one of those things where where it's like, yeah, okay. So everything all at once the reasonings behind the, uh, the Academy picking them are clear and as blatant as day, the motivations behind them. They wanted something that was a little bit more populous. They also wanted something that, that fit the diversity quotient. Uh, it, it checked all the boxes. Therefore it won, even though by far it won't age well with time. I'm sure it's a fine movie in terms of the movies that could have been awarded. It's probably better than it being some other piece of shit that could have won. Like, you know what I mean? But, but it, so on that level, boom. But what I'm saying is the Daniels now at this point, swept the Oscars pretty much, right? Got multiple Oscars. Got to take a pause and point out that these are the same guys that directed the Turn Down for What video. I mean, for right. fuck's sake. Turn Down for What video. They also did a farting uh, corpse movie with fucking Harry Potter. But but uh, so far <laughs> but um, uh, that being said, this is what I'm saying. The Daniels just failed the, the test that I'm always talking about, which is mm-hmm. now that they, they, have the, they have a blank check. Yeah. They won all the Oscars. They got a blank check. What's their next thing? Star Wars. It's over. You, it's over. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they could have been like, the next thing is the Daniels weirder, goofy ass project. They could have done, they, they already didn't even, it could have been, they could have went the Nolan route, which is like, I'm going to do a weird ass science fiction movie. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever. Yep. Like, they didn't do that. They, they went, they was like, I'm taking the, the Disney, I'm taking the Disney check. And, and, and people can be like, and the people that will sit here and, and listen to this and be like, of course they would. Stop listening. 
Because <laughs> you don't fucking understand like what I'm talking about. No, you can continue to listen. I don't care. I mean, obviously, whatever. Keep listening. <laughs> You're going to keep listening and just keep disagreeing. It's going to yeah, happen. You can just disagree. It's fine. I think it's healthy that you have listened to people that have different difference of, of, of opinion. It makes you a more well-rounded person. Uh, so definitely keep listening. <laughs> but um, no, but what I mean. Now let me that, tell you why you suck it as a person for a half hour. <laughs> well, what I'm saying, what I, the reason I point that out, though, is is because that is what I keep uh, what I'm constantly railing about is is, an, is a, 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 a current example of that, which is yeah. these guys after the Oscars could do anything. Yep. And what did they choose? And people can be like, oh, they love Star. Okay, fine. But that defines who you are. Like, whether you're aware of it or not, I mean, the general, you know, you you are, whether you are aware of it or not, like, this is a, that was a substantial moment in their career. And they made a choice. Mm -hmm. And that choice is going to fundamentally dictate who they are as creatives moving forward forward now they've set that into motion and there's no going back every now and then you may see a reset but usually that's because there's a massive catastrophe like they do something and it's a huge monumental failure and they get put in director jail or some shit and then they got to sort of rebuild themselves and make the recline the mountain um and at that point you could you can probably now you can choose a different path, but yeah. most times that's not the case. Most times it's like, now they're set. Now they're going to go down this path and there's no turning back. You know what I'm saying? Man, like, they're just giving everybody a star Wars movie. Now I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like 30 star Wars movies. Like, I don't in development. even understand why. Like I, I grew up loving like the star Wars movies, the, the original movies. Right. I don't understand why you would want to make one. Like, I just don't understand it. Like I I've had this thought myself. Uh, Cause like, <laughs> that was my shit growing up like that was my warm fuzzy that shit is great as like faded old 70s space fantasy movies right i understand it. there is i understand it from a financial standpoint but that's it i know here's the thing the second you commit to doing a star wars you are now going to be either loved or hated for the rest of your life right like fucking i'm not even the biggest ryan johnson fan but like that movie is universally like one of those movies now that Star Wars fans are like either like Ryan Johnson made the best Star Wars or fuck that dude. He made the like, worst Star Wars and also Knives Out is ass and Glass yeah. Onion is ass. <laughs> I liked Looper and I liked Brick. But like you know, Ryan, if Johnson, we got the, Ryan Johnson, if, here's the thing about Ryan Johnson. Here's the thing. And uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Carl. But no, no. Ryan, Ryan Johnson thinks he's smarter than he is and he has a dis- mm-hmm. he has a disdain for the things that he makes and what i mean by that is like obviously clearly he had a disdain for star wars when he made the, the, his fucking star wars movie right he was like this is bullshit fuck it throwing it out boom but also now that he's making an original knife's out he hates that shit that clue style mystery shit like are you watching you're like oh yeah he thinks this he thinks it's dumb like uh, this is dumb. I'm gonna show you why it's dumb. But it's like actually yours is dumber than the, the shit that you're saying is dumb. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I was gonna say before. I really wish I lived in an alternate timeline where the promise of brick was the film career that was delivered upon instead of the stuff that got churned out. Because there's a lot of good ideas in Looper that are just not 
budgetarily executed as well as they could be. Like mm-hmm. that movie could have been a very massive sci-fi movie. Yeah, I liked Looper. Uh, I think that Looper has definitely some things about it that you're right, that it could have been expanded upon and it could have been an even better movie uh, and uh, one that had a bigger cultural impact than it yeah. did. Um, I do think it's interesting that uh, the little backstory of that is, um, what was it? What's his name? Shane. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? He made a... Uh, upstream color shane canceled uh oh 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 shane caruth yeah shane i know caruth. shane caruth had some limited involvement in looper uh you gotta thank you well because i because at the script level i think shane was helping brian um yeah well he, yeah as know. a time travel expert shane yeah, i was helping ryan which is probably why if you read the looper script it's probably one of the better scripts that ryan johnson has ever wrote, wrote. it's probably i don't disagree the 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 you disagree no, I don't disagree. I actually oh, I really like the Looper. Like, I was like, interesting. Let me do tell uh, because I'm like, I, well, that's the thing though. I read I the mean, script his, the, before the brothers. The, movie. the brothers Bloom was awful. Like Brothers Bloom was a terrible script. It's terrible, stupid movie. Um, I have a working theory where I feel like Ryan Johnson would have been appreciated if he came up with like the Frank Oz's of the world. Like I feel like he writes movies that he's don't not a, fit he's not a good generationally. Writer. He's not a good well, writer. yeah. Like he, I mean, he's a he's a technically competent director. Like in terms of like. His movies will always look like, oh, this guy knows where to point the camera. This yeah. guy understands how scenes are constructed, but he's just not anything beyond that is just, he's just not like, he just doesn't have that. He doesn't like, he doesn't understand it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like as much as he believes he does, because he'll open a star whoops, a, a book, a star Wars <laughs> novel and point a finger at it and be like, look, this stupid thing happened in this book. So that justifies my stupid star Wars movie. Like, no, it doesn't. Your shit's still dumb, but whatever. Um, like, I take mild offense at you saying stupid book and pointing to Akira when you say it. So. <laughs> right. But when I, when I point to Akira and say stupid, I mean, stupid in the, in the sense of, uh, the uh, stupid the, the bonics, the bonics, the nineties era of bonics, the <laughs> stupid fly, fresh fire, <laughs> this shit is stupid fu- stupid dope um <laughs> uh but yeah like uh ryan johnson you made me want to just start saying fresh again fresh fresh we need to bring fresh back if anything uh, that's one of the, the 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 goals of this podcast is to bring fresh back <laughs> because rotten tomatoes took it and fucked it up and we need to we need to uh reclaim needs to take back fresh <laughs> rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes what makes or breaks movies for middle america now they're just like did you check the tomato scale the tomato scale yeah no i didn't see that's what i'm saying I don't need fresh produce. we are living in the cyberpunk dystopia <laughs> it, it really rotten does tomato. all come back like yeah. that foundational like cyberpunk uh so many ideas even when it comes down to like the the government in akira it's very much Somehow it got post 9-11 world on the nose before post 9-11 culture yeah. existed. Yeah. And it it's was... very like, it's eerie reading it in that lens now. Cause you're just like, man, this is oddly accurate. And not only that, but like in the, in the, in the manga, uh, they, they go into, when you start to read the, vo- it's through the volumes, they start to talk about like these, these like specific, attempts at like there's a there's these factions in place there's like there's there's a yeah. the, the, what's his name uh 
I'm blanking on his name. Natsu. What's the little fucking guy who's like the head of the rebellion? Oh, the little old guy. Yeah. And he's like, but he's also, yeah. he's got ties to a, a religious extremist group and they're trying to do yep. a, a military coup. But then there's like the military aspect, but then there's a dissension amongst the military because you, you it's got the, the colonel and they're like, they're like, you're no longer allowed to basically we're shutting you out. Like you're getting taken to fall, but you can't, you know what I mean? It's like, there's all these dynamics at play in this vibe for power in this sort of like post-apocalyptic world uh, yeah. that's super interesting um, given. You know, what's funny about that. There's something about that that is still like, you say all that shit out loud and you're like, yeah, but it's so clear on the page. Like all of the, like, Art aside, art and pacing aside, like the writing on this is very, very dense, but understandable in a way that works that try to be this fail mm. abysmally. Like you know I recently made, I recently made Jenna watch Southland Tales, <laughs> which is Shout a movie that, Kelly, by the way, <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. I'm like one of four people that mm. not only like that movie, but I own it on physical because it goes so hard into the paint for like the ideas that it presents. And it's pretty interesting, well, but Southland it doesn't Tales, deliver on the promise. Southland Tales is one of those movies that had, had, has had a re uh, reassessment that's it's become now it's become in vogue to say Southland Tales is actually pretty good. Uh, that's become more of a, 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 a thing now. So it's definitely one of those movies that, that has time has benefited it. Um, and also, like, the, they all just playing. I was there. I was there when it came out. Yeah, the but like the director, four people, the, the director's cut, the one that they showed at at the festivals that got fucking, like, that's the one that's supposed to be the best one. Um, uh, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't never seen it. I know that there's different cuts available now too, though. Um, yeah, but, the Arrow did a nice release of it, and uh, yeah. yeah, there's it's a different movie for sure. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 I mean, it's all there. He's an interesting. He's an, Richard Kelly's an interesting uh, kind of person to track their own sort of career because it's like there's a person who. I don't think Richard Kelly's ever had that moment though because he's never had anything that's been above a cult. Donnie Darko was like the cult success, right? And then, then yeah, which led to like sort of other projects which also were either sort of like went unnoticed or became went unnoticed and then or they either completely just went unnoticed or went unnoticed initially and then got revisited and, and, and achieved a similar sort of cult status to Darko, which again, it's South definitely Park. been an, yeah, it's definitely been an odd career. I mean, he did uh, the script for Domino. Domino. Yeah. If I recall yeah, correctly. Like he had a hot minute of being like a script doctor mm -hmm. based off the fact that he couldn't get his second movie Southland Tales, which talk about ambitious for a second movie. And then like the, that's the huge <laughs> which nobody saw uh, like yeah. less people saw the box than southland tales and yeah, southland yeah. tales had cast <laughs> yeah richard kelly it is nice that southland tales is the rock's lowest rated movie yeah but he's an interesting guy because he's just he's one of those creators who is like so weird that like it doesn't they want to give him a career <laughs> yeah they want to like certain people they like roll the red carpet out for but he's just too weird to yep. ever sort of like it's not even by choice i'm pretty sure if he could he would but i just feel yeah. like i just get the sense that he's incapable <laughs> like you know instead yeah. of not being the sort of weird richard kelly that he is 
so it doesn't fit in the machine um so yeah. so it's like they're like come on richard just make some normal shit and he's like okay and then it's like domino <laughs> you know and, and yeah, right you know what i mean it's like in tony scott it, it, tony scott was able rest in peace is was able to sort of bring that commercialize it yeah commercialize because <laughs> yeah. tony's any tony scott could just commercialize anything like you know that was one of the things that he could do because he could just put the tony oh. scott style on it and just you know what I mean? Like, boom. You know what I mean? I love those latter day Tony Scott movies. They are just so glossy as fuck. I love Tony Scott. Straight up, a straight up stylist for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and all the great, like, there's a reason that, like, you know, he was attracted to sort of like certain kinds of, create, you know, artists and creators and shit. There's a reason why he did True Romance and, and again, Domino and those type of things where it's like, yeah, Tony Scott, he, he, he game recognized game where he could recognize. Yeah even if it's some offbeat, strange sort of kind of person with a weird perspective, he could still see it like, Oh yeah. Like there's something there. I can, I can, I, yeah, I can do this. I can put my own little spin on it and put it out into the world. Uh, there's there, we need more Tony Scott's in commercial yeah, we do. sort of media. Uh, and we don't have a lot of those guys. Especially <laughs> in the mainstream arena, man. I think we benefit from the mid tier budget film to come back. Like we're, I want my deep rising. 2023 you know what i'm saying you know how deep rise i know you're the favorite movies yo (laughs) one of my favorite like i like people like no like i love deep rise deep rise is one of my favorite movies even to the but that's what i'm talking about like get that get that simple concept with a strange little twist and just like beat your fucking drum to it because that's gonna be a blast yeah i met famka jansen one time in canada um and uh i wanted to tell her that deep rising was great but I didn't because I knew she wouldn't appreciate it. And she'd also be like, why is this guy asking me about deep rising some shit that I don't know about? So I, I, I would have, I would have, I, I just, I just said, nice to meet you and kept it pushing. But I did want to tell her like in her mind, like, you know, deep rising is fucking dope. You know, you know, you did something really dope there. I know that like, I know you've made a lot, you've been in all kinds of movies in your life, but deep rising, you know, sometimes you just really <laughs> want people to know the real thing. Like, no, no, listen, deep rising. I know you don't think a lot of that movie probably, but it's, shit <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies too where every time like someone mentions someone in the cast i'm like oh yeah they're a deep rising it's like that's your go-to movie deep rising is <laughs> fucking like that is like it's 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 really it's really uh a pity that uh that just deep rising didn't spawn even more like, monsters under sea yeah, versus just, pirate just not movies. even sequels but like other movies that are in that vein you know what i mean like there could have been a whole yeah. fucking like wave of that kind of shit you know what i mean like uh, that's the thing I, I want the mid-tier budget movies back like i don't want to see only major blockbusters give me like 15 to 25 million dollar movies like give me some of those those are usually my favorite things yeah i think I think the, it's kind of coming back, but it's not the same. Like it's usually, it's unfortunately, uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Go it. Go ahead. I promise not to mention this to myself. I made this promise to myself not to mention Skin and Marie. Or, oh, you motherfucker. Our fucking, uh, uh, the you had to. Uh, but I have to because those oh, are the low, super, that, those aren't even mid budget. Those are like one dude had a whole, got a little bit of money together for no budget, made these movies. But what I'm saying is, but the marketing that went into them and the, the, once they were acquired yeah. by sort of these lower tier, like Shudder and like Bloody Disgusting, these very lower tier genre specific 
kind of places. Uh, like there's, that's kind of the way that I feel like there's potential to sort of carve out something in that space where it's yeah. not, you know, maybe it's not going to reach the $10 million budget because I don't feel like those companies specifically can uh, are in positions to get those type of budgets because they're more in the, the position of acquiring shit. Yeah. Uh, but they, from time to time there, they will be, I know Brad Mitzka from time to time can get money together for things, yeah. uh, but it's still very nothing. It's nothing. It's probably hundreds of, you're talking about hundreds of thousands or less. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 50,000 because VHS, I think, I don't know how much money they got for that, but probably 50 K. I don't fucking know. Like no, it wasn't much, but, but they're very profitable though. Once, yeah. once they actually put them out, release them, um, they make way more, way more than their money back. Um, and obviously you have, you know, Bloomhouse is garbage, but, but they had a run and like, you know, <laughs> did they though? Did they, they did. Though? That, that run was called get out and uh, uh, fucking insidious. And like, then they just just like now they're garbage. Let's 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 be honest. If it wasn't for fucking Jordan Peele, they wouldn't be around as much as, you know, maybe maybe with Halloween. No, no, that, you reboot. said it right there. You said it. What happened was this. Okay, what happened was, they had a series of, of of movies that they acquired or helped put out that that were major successes for a very small budget. You know, um, again, the Insidious is the Get Out's the the, the, the big one. Um, yeah. Then they got they were able to get the rights finally to the whole Halloween franchise, one of those franchises that had been in the clutches of the Weinsteins for so long, got in the, they, they, the window was open, they went in, they got it. And Jason Blum sort of capitalized on that franchise coming out of Blumhouse for the past. He knew that he had those movies in the tank. Yeah. Like regardless if they came out on Peacock, he just knew that the cachet that having a Halloween movie coming out Right. And having three of them, right. That on the horizon, that like that was the movie that was going to get not only sort of probably, I don't know what sort of money they negotiated with Peacock, but I'm pretty sure it's probably substantial. But also, like, in terms of the cultural currency, when those movies come out, oh, sure. Doesn't matter if they're good or bad or whatever, they're going to be, oh, the new Halloween's out. People are, st- it's going to have a level of uh, awareness and people are going to talk about it built in right because the yeah. ip is so well known he coasted off of that those but now that those movies are gone and you look at like bloom house now he was able to coast off of those three fucking movies in terms of like i know a fucking halloween movies coming out this year so yeah. i could just release all of these other movies that are probably like me just giving people opportunities based because it, it looks good you know what I'm saying? Like it looks good yeah. in terms of like I'm hiring or giving certain kinds of people who check boxes, uh, you know, chances. I use that in scare quotes, and they're just it's just <laughs> not good. Like a lot of these movies are just not good. They're not good. Like it doesn't matter. Like if you get a diverse, uh, it's not even diverse. I've already said this before. It's like it's the same kind of person. They just in terms of the way they think and the way they you know they navigate the scene, but it's just they just happen to be exterior on the exterior they may be a woman or they may be a, a person of color or they may be an lgbtq person or they may be all three combined combination in one but it doesn't really matter because they're still very much the same kind of human being that yeah. was already sort of doing making those you know what i mean they were already it's like it's only a superficial sort of diversity optic as opposed to a, they also a, seem a to legitimate make an outsider voice you know what i mean yeah it's somebody also who's seem to outside make... but wants to be inside so bad that their perspective is that. 
You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, they also seem to make really interesting business decisions as far as like almost diminishing their brand because they did that thing with Amazon. They did that original thing with Hulu. Like yeah. yep. stop throwing all that money into like these smaller things. Keep that money for the main well, thing and make well, better I think, like, it's main been financially things. lucrative to, to, to Jason Bloom himself. But Probably, I feel like ultimately, yeah. I feel like he did his he did his his actual company a disservice. Yeah, uh, in the long run, because he's he's cashing out and making a lot of money for himself, yeah. and probably personally expanding his own personal wealth. But it's at the detriment of his brand. He's diluting it, so he yeah. successfully diluted Blumhouse. Blumhouse was Blumhouse is where A twenty four is right now. And I have my own issues with A24. A24 to me is, I guess I've said this before and I'll say it again, it's Art House Marvel. It's, you know, it's like not a lot of good shit coming out of A24, but the, the things that they do, the ones, the big ones that hit, hit, right? And that, and, and they're, they're good at branding. So they, they get behind the big ones and those become the sort of, people have the recognition of A24 based on the hits. Not based on the goofy little weird shit that they made. <laughs> I think that's actually a really good comparison, though, because people support Blumhouse movies because they're Blumhouse movies. People support A24 movies because they're A24. A24 movies, right. And right. it's, I think it only speaks to the fact that you know what you're getting. Yes. Like, it's kind of like fast food. Yep. You like you go to McDonald's and you know what you're getting. You can go to a McDonald's in Germany. You can go to a McDonald's in Tokyo. You can go to a McDonald's here you're getting McDonald's like an A24 movie is always going to be an A24 movie. A Blumhouse movie is always going to be a Blumhouse movie yeah, for better or worse. And it's, it's, it's fine. Like I said before, I, it's not that I don't feel like those, those companies specifically aren't capable because they have hits that movies that I feel like are like legitimate. Like, again, I like get out. Like I liked uh, hereditary, like, you know, there's, there's movies, there's movies that they've, that have come through those, those, those specific companies that have, that I'm like, yeah, that was pretty, that's a significant movie. It was, it was, it was a movie that like obviously was not only financially successful, but there was some merit to it as just a film. Um, yeah. I have like a love hate relationship for a 24 because of that. Cause I'm like, Oh, they made green room and fucking uncut gems. And yeah, uncut they gems. also made lamb. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's not that I don't view that it, they're incapable of doing stuff. That's interesting. It's just that like, I understand based on the, the track record that they've put post those movies that like what their plan is. And I understand that yeah. their plan is, and again, it's like all things, which is uh, they're only interested in sort of a profit and sort of like, again, I, and the people would be like, well, that's what a business is. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's that fucking <laughs> dilemma. It's, it's also the dilemma. business of making art. Right, it's that dilemma when you commercial commercial art, right? It's just there, like it's always there. Yeah. But it, but it, I don't know. Like, fuck. I just wish that like there were. Um, it's wishful thinking because I don't feel like the people that are in positions at companies who are like executives or anyone who's up, anyone who holds a role in the entertainment industry who can put in or set into motion a thing being not only made but released yeah tend to be sort of suits and like don't really understand anything beyond like the bottom line the bottom line right yeah like, like that's the thing 
it's it. Your title may be creative executive, but you're not the creative. Yeah, you just got the executive part. Yeah, yeah. I've said that, right? Which is that's just the creative part is for their own ego to make them feel like but but it's like actually it's like no, there's no there's no creativity there. They're the ones who give you notes, not for better, but for different. <laughs> right, right. It's no. like, you're just an executive. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it's like how in, at startup companies, when they give interesting names to their fucking different positions, like you, <laughs> instead of calling it like a fucking, uh, what, what, instead of calling it the chief operating executive, they're like the chief of self-esteem. You know, they get these creative names, yeah. but it's still this, like, it's like, it's just it's bullshit. You're a fucking, you're a fucking chief executive officer. That's what you are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? And then if you want to call yourself the uh, fucking overseer of flower smelling, that's fine. <laughs> but that's not. I'm what... changing that to my official title. But that's what they like. Like you, I know if, you, if you're familiar with startup culture, that's what they literally do. That kind of goofy shit. Like we'd be like, oh, yeah. "What's your title?" And they'll be like, "My title is I am the overseer of smiles." It's like <laughs> high what? five distributioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like, "What career?" Because they're like, "What? What do you want to call yourself?" You know, what, what do you want to call yourself? I mean, they're like, you know, what do you actually do? That's what you do. <laughs> like, I don't care what you call yourself. It's like, it's like me. If I decided like to walk outside and I'm like, I'm a serial, let's just say I'm a serial killer. Right. And I decide <laughs> like w- to describe my activities as like, I am a, a life extinguisher expert. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you kill people, like, motherfucker. like, it doesn't matter how you like dress it up. It's like, at the same, at the end of the day, you're a murderer. <laughs> like you can make it sound more uh, palatable for people or more interesting than it actually is. But like, at the end of the day, it boils down to what it is you actually do. Um, this is the just, slippery slope you get from like custodial engineer. Right. Then you're, right, you're at the bottom of that. Custodial engineer is like, okay, I'm a janitor. Okay. Everyone knows what that means. You know what I mean? I mean, you could dress it up in different ways. You could, you know, but, but you could, but at the end of the day, you are cleaning shit like, and, and, (laughs) and that's fine. But I'm just, I'm just not like, again, like people, people in, 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 in positions like in Hollywood are people fuck that. Like people in positions in any, any form of media, there is, there is a game that is, they play where, where they have to project onto everyone else a level of sort of uh, knowledge and expertise that they know they actually don't have. Yeah. But it's important that they, they project that because how else are they going to get or justify any things that any decisions or choices that they make uh, that have an overall effect of of the, the sort of things that they're, they're putting out, made by people that the creatives that they hire you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and a lot of people is interesting because a lot of people have bought, have bought into it or or maybe they either bought into it completely or they're, they're they just lie like or they aspire to it they just lie because most of our peers you know um most of our peers they lie <laughs> or they like are legitimately just completely so subsumed in the bubble that they just start to believe that this oh is- yeah I mean, that's reality. basically the byproduct of internet subculture, though. Yeah, it's MK Ultra. Of like, if you yeah. just like over and over again, they hear that these people are talented and experienced and have all this foresight and knowledge, and it's like then they start to believe it. They're like, of course, that like there's executives at Sony or executives at Paramount, they're geniuses, and they they of course, and yep. it's like no, they're not. Like they don't know more about this shit than you. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean, they don't they don't know what you're. You know what I mean? Like, it's like. 
you're a suit. Like you don't know how to write. If you did, you would be writing. Right. You don't know how to direct. If you did, you would be directing. You're a fucking person in a suit. You're an executive for a reason. Um, and Akira. <laughs> we're, we're good at bringing it back. We're good at bringing um, it to back. To close this episode out, uh, because me and Carl could go on forever, which we, we do. Uh, we have. <laughs> and we have. You know, uh, uh, Akira is, is, is definitely one of those, even though it was made in the late 80s, um, it is only maintained not only its relevance, but if in its own way has become more uh, more relevant as the decades pass. Um, I think it'll continue to do so too. Yeah, like over time, like Akira is going to be. I mean, I have a whole podcast series based off of, named after. <laughs> and you're not the only one. Yeah, and I'm not, not the, only, the only, one. only one. I'm not the yeah. only one. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so. Uh, Few works spur that much of a yes. direct conversation. Like, and and not only that, like with 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 the Cura Pilled specifically, my goal is to sort of because because this is such a seminal text, and and not only text because it's art. Like it's fucking drawings. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a seminal work, okay? Because it's so seminal and so sort of like uh, influential, it is one of those things where it's like its tendrils are in everything. Um, like, so it's a perfect, it's a perfect sort of like catch-all, you know? Yeah. Which is why when I was like, yeah, like to do something centered around Akira is great, and obviously to start with with the fucking great manga. Um, so everyone, if you do yourself a favor, uh, check out volume one, get all the volumes. I mean, it's me and me, I should must, must screenshot this and I can put this up for people to see us holding up <laughs> these fucking books. Um, but, but go, you can get it for, I mean, yes. I mean, I, on the back, it says it's $24.99. Um, it's worth everything, it? but you could get it for cheaper. Yo, apparently just be friends with me and you can jack my copies. Motherfuckers. Well, that's true. You still, if you know Carl, you can take him out for coffee. Still is, still is fucking Akira. <laughs> I don't want your damn coffee. I think I've had to replace Akira more than I had to replace Watchmen. And I'm, I get more bummed when I lose a copy of Akira than I do fucking Watchmen at this point. I, I will say this, as much as I love Alan Moore, uh, this, is a li- this is more returnable to... Oh, him. sure. I mean, even though Watchmen is returnable, let me not under, undersell Watchmen. Watchmen is great. Uh, but this is, there's something about this that's just like every time I watch the movie, or even if I just flip, flip open this book, I want to read it again. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I just that, you know what? Two panels. That's, I think, a good, way, a good way of describing it is if you're just getting into the medium of quality shit, like, yes, this Watchmen is, good... is basically, Watchmen is like your good entry point to understand comics as literature. It's kind of like your freshman 101 class, but then you graduate to this son of a bitch and you're in for a while. <laughs> yes, yes. And you will be fucking... Um, here's another thing. Okay. But the, the, to close this, right? To close this, this episode, uh, I will say this. The movie really sells, um, and the book does too, to a certain degree, because there's, there's a lot of text bubbles with Tetsuo and Kaneda on them. Um, but uh, the movie for me, the anime specifically, is really what has, what, what, to this day, I will always think of Akira and I will always think 
Tetsuo, and I always think Kaneda, and I always, I always to myself yell those names. Yeah, you have to yell them. <laughs> like Tetsuo, Kaneda, like you know. Um, so I don't know. Does I, I don't know if the, the the manga has that effect. I don't. I can't tell because it's like the chicken or the egg, right? Yeah. Like, because when I read the I, manga, I think that's it's uniquely an American's experience with Akira, yeah, though, because, yeah, yeah. like, they they got one before the other over there. And, like, here in the States, when we got that slow trickle-down effect, like, we were reading the manga and watching the anime of, like, most major Japanese. I mean, I don't remember Ghosts in the Shell without remembering I saw both the anime and reading the book at the same time. It's, like, yeah. it's a very unique of-the-time experience. You're right. Because it just points to, like, yeah, this stuff wasn't over here yet. Like, not any way outside of, like, they both exist simultaneously. Yeah, right. And this is, and that's one thing that we're probably just, we just are incapable of divorcing the two from each other. Yeah. Oh, they're the same thing as far as I'm concerned, even though clearly they're not. Right. They're clearly not, but they are. Like, because <laughs> every time I read this book and I see Tetsuo scream Kaneda, or I, hear, or I see Kaneda scream Tetsuo, in my brain... I'm the voice is coming through like I, from the anime, which is I can like it's like it's like a reaction. Like I'll just flip any page and it's like I can't help it in my I'm like that's like you know it's 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 yeah like like you said you hear the music when you're reading it. I hear the music, I hear the fucking music. Like uh, it's there's no way that I can uh, separate the two. Um, so if you have no, I don't get I don't know if I don't know if you I don't know again like it's I feel like this is such a weird, this is such a weird like property because it is so ubiquitous, but it's also like one of those things where you kind of have to know about it too. You know what I mean? Which is weird. You know what I mean? here's, here's, Here's how you're supposed to find it. Your cool friend will give you a recommendation and you'll be like, the fuck is that? You'll be like, well, they are my cool friend. They did tell me that jazz is okay to listen to, you know? Right, <laughs> like, right, 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 right. They got me turned to Deltron 3030. I think they might have been right about a few things. Shout out to the Deltron reference. You know, Yo, that record is fire. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. That second one is booty, but uh, that original one is the one. best. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, thanks again. Um, as always, Carl, it was great. Yeah, man. You know, you know, it was great to, to we can we can go for hours on this shit, and we do. <laughs> yeah, we uh, do, we do. It's, it's hard not to when you love something, you know. Yes, for sure, it definitely. And and everybody, uh, if you take anything from from this, listening to this, is that uh, we love Akira, and you should love it too. And I don't think I don't think there's any way that you could read this or watch the movie and not, I mean, not love it. Like, um, and even if you don't love it, like, cause I feel like you mentioned this too. Um, you mentioned how clear when you read this, this, how clear everything is. What's interesting is the first time I watched the anime, I was like, what? And I feel like it's a normal thing. Like, I feel like the first exposure to the anime, um, people are like, what? What was that? Like, there's a level of like yeah. ambiguity. Yeah. Of that initial, like, watching Akira, you kind of left with questions, which is so crazy because when you read the fucking manga, you don't have that. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Which is very interesting because I do, I do understand. Yo, real that. talk. 
Akira the movie is basically an A24 movie. Like, straight, <laughs> straight up. Like, Carl, you're frozen. I can't hear you at all. <laughs> well, Carl is frozen. Um, so that's a good- house. There's no way in hell, like, I don't things in that arena. <laughs> and then you read the book. And- Can you hear me? I heard, I heard part of you and then it stopped. And then it then it went again, and now your now your face is frozen. You there? There we go. Oh, and at <laughs> least I can go. see you. What was hilarious though is you were mid a twenty four movie laughing. So all I saw was this, <laughs> and it was the funniest damn thing I've yeah, ever seen. Com- I was like, ah, it went, it went completely silent. My crap internet. Yeah, it went completely silent, and then like it was frozen, and then it was just, and then like I kind of heard you, and then it stopped again, and then it was frozen. So yeah, that, oh, that's, so funny. that's basically our internet saying stop stop talking uh, <laughs> but yeah man um thanks thanks carl for for coming on and talking about acura um feel free to uh do as always plug plug carl plug carl what, what's carl got going on what's next for carl what's 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 good let me know uh, listeners know <laughs> whatever they want to find you they've got google we live in the internet age you know me do your, do your- i don't like to plug you want to see me? Yeah. Do my Google. Yeah, do your Googles. Look yeah. me up. My name's been in the corner the whole time, you know? Yeah, you're literally at the bottom. Well, well, again, this isn't a video, but it was there. Take our word for it. <laughs> yeah. Believe. Uh, yeah. I'm going I'm to end the show. I'm going to end the show with a, with a crucial mic drop. Akira's better than Watchmen. The fuck out. Mic drop. <laughs> but Akira <laughs> manga drop. That's it. It's better. Oh, you you like 300-page graphic novels? How about six of them? Yeah. Amateur. I think I think this is a safe a safe place to say that. So yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> On that note, I look uh, forward to your letters. Yes. Here's better than Watchmen. <laughs> We're out. Peace. <laughs>